What's up, everybody? Professional Wrestling. We said the wrestling world was going to change. CM Punk is all elite, and honestly, it couldn't have gone better. I think it's possible that Goldberg beats Lashley and that Big E beats Goldberg. Because I don't see Big E beating Roman. I thought ROH was a pile of crap. I think corporate ROH is gross. First of all, the Nick Gage entrance is one of the most insane things I've ever seen in my life. The Edge deal is up next year. Do you think he gets here AEW if he's still healthy? I think that he's a WWE lifer, honestly. Don't forget that the only reason WWE cleared him to begin with was because AEW Very was true. going to, and they Very were trying true. to sign him. Mixed martial arts. And I think everything leads towards Sanhagen, but I, I don't know. I think TJ could surprise some people. I'm choosing Sanhagen, um, especially with his last two performances. The Aldermain Sterling and Piotr Jan running that back, and the winner of this should definitely get the next title shot. I thought Connor looked fantastic with the kicks. When he got rocked with punches, he went for the guillotine. That was the stupidest move. Did you hear Dustin after the fight admitted, though, that there was like a second there where he was like, oh God, he might have me. Do you think Pena has a chance against Man Nunez? The card isn't very good, in my opinion. Even the undercard, I don't think is that great. When um, Gon and Lewis could potentially be really boring also. That's possible. Definitely. Boxing. Jake Paul by knockout, probably pretty early. It's pretty telling when uh, Jake Paul was like, let's put up our purses against one another and Woodley wouldn't do it. I think Tyron Woodley's going to win this fight. He's going to throw combinations at Jake that Jake hasn't seen yet. First off, I'm going to say congratulations to Tyron Woodley for making $2 million. I would like to see Vitor and Jake, because I think Vitor would beat Jake's ass. I find a lot so funny that this is the boxing people talk about most instead of the best boxers fighting. This is what boxing has become. The promoters have not allowed the best fighters to fight the best. They protect their own interests, they protect their fighters, and they never let the best fight the best. And there's multiple champions in the same weight class, and they still won't fight each other to unify the belts. And this is what has allowed YouTubers to come in and take over the sport. And much, much more. I have them this weekend. I'm just going to let the board fall to me. Dalvin Cook, Zeke, CMC. Hopefully I can get one of those running backs. I did my draft tonight, as y'all can see with my Vikings jersey on. You have like your really, really top tier wide receivers, but then there's a pretty big drop off. They didn't speak English. So like the UFC like wasn't getting them title fights as fast as people who did speak English. It absolutely was happening for, for a time in the sport. The reason why I brought that up though is because of the Stephen A thing, because I think it's a moronic, a moronic viewpoint to take. Yeah, I mean, we just saw Andre Arlovsky show up on AEW Dynamite. Like, I, Not only that, we've seen Junior Dos Santos, Andre Arlovsky. We've seen Cejudo on Dynamite. We've seen Vitor Belfort on Dynamite. We've seen Jorge Masvidal yeah. and Amanda Nunez. Like, it's just like the fact that Tony Khan actually just did that. Fightful. 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 Steven yeah, that's the stuff I got going on. Uh, Fightful Select Weekend of Podcast. Support Fightful and Fightful Select. Doug from RVD Tito for life. Yeah. Are we having fun yet? Because this thing has just got taken to a completely different level. Straight, straight from YouTube.com. Live rounds. The marksmen have arrived. Have arrived. You're watching live rounds with Doug and Steven and being introduced to you by the real IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, Will. What's up, everybody? Um, huge anticipated show. It, we have huge news. This is something that we're all caught off guard by, and I think we're going to talk about, you know, just how we're feeling about everything. And, uh, yeah, it's... 
it, I'm, I'm personally, it's, I'm glad that I had all the way from this morning till now to kind of process everything. Because if I would have done a video or whatever right off the bat when I read it, I don't know how I would have reacted because I was in total like shell shock. I just couldn't believe what had happened. Um, and also Stone Cold Steve Austin might be coming back as well. I mean, this has just been <laughs> a wild week. So, Stephen, how are you? How's everything going? You know, things are going all right, man. Um <laughs> We'll uh we'll see we'll see uh what, what happens in the near future. Um, here's the thing: we'll talk about Cody. We'll let people trickle in here at the beginning, and then we'll really we'll really dive into all this. Want to give a shout out to Unkind Esports as always for sponsoring the show. Real quick, make sure to jump over to UnkindEsports.com, check out their website, and make sure to follow them on all social media at Unkind Esports. Rob Van Dam is a part of Unkind. There's a lot of wrestling fans, a lot of MMA fans over there, so. You'll really like being a part of their community, especially if like video if you like video games and um, if you play video games, they're looking for people to game on the site as well uh, for their team and stuff. So check them out. Support Unkind Esports for supporting us. And as far as me, man, yeah, today was busy. Like I actually did a lot of work today as far as like getting audio recorded, uh, writing some stuff up, uh, you know, really good. Uh, pretty productive day actually and then like in between all of it of course my phone's just blowing up because everyone knows i'm a huge mark for cody Rhodes. so like everyone wants to know how i feel about all this so um so yeah there's there's definitely a lot to get into tonight yeah um it, it it's still crazy to me i can't believe that we're actually here in this moment um i i guess we can just go ahead and jump right in when it comes to cody it's the elephant in the room um it's not only that you're a Cody Rhodes fan, but you're a big AEW fan as well. And now they're no longer together. And I, I guess I, I want to start with where were you like after the Sammy Guevara ladder match? What was your odds of Cody leaving in your mind? Uh, Like 10%. Right. Yeah, and I remember watching the Rumble and just being like, there's probably absolutely no chance, but maybe like a 5% chance Cody shows up. You know what I mean? But I just never would have thought in a million years that this would happen. And I I think what, what hurts me, because it, it really like hurts for me as a fan because – he was the vocal part of the revolution. Like I always said, when Cody throws out the bat signal, we go. And for me, it's an end of an era. It's an end of Cody leaving the WWE and joining the Bullet Club and being with the elite and forming, you know, selling out all in and forming AEW and all that. And like, this is how it ends. Like, the rest of them are staying and going to be EVPs with Tony Khan and Cody's going back to the WWE. It just, it just feels like the wrong ending, but man, I mean, Romo killed himself for the Cowboys and never won a Super Bowl. And like your Vikings haven't gotten there yet. It's just, that's just the harsh reality of sports and in life, you don't always get what you want. And sometimes things have curveballs. you know what I mean? So how are you feeling about it? I just hope that all you people out there, I'm going to point at you, all you people out there, I hope you're happy with yourselves 
bullied Cody out of his own company. Way to go, guys. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, I, I had no idea Brandy was like up in the air with any of this either, like that she might yeah. be leaving as well. Um, and I, yeah. real quick, I think it's crazy that the last thing the fans told Brandy was shut the F up. Right. Yeah. That was the lasting impression of like brutally, we hate you, get out of here. And like, I definitely think that that possibly could have helped her make a decision wherever she's going to go. I mean, it really could have helped both of them with both of their decisions, like all this stuff. You know, Cody could yep. be sitting back going like, listen, y'all are going to boo me just to boo me. And I can make a lot of money at any of these companies. And I've never been the WWE champion. And they're going to treat me like a main eventer there. And, you know, I make a ton of money. And now he has a kid too. So there's like even yep. more to consider. So like, here's the thing. At the end of the day, I'm going to be a lifelong diehard fan of all elite wrestling. Like that's not going right. to change. Nothing about that's going to change. But it's also always been about Cody for me. Like that's a big part yeah. of me being a fan. And like, and I'm not, I mean, straight up guys. I got to start watching again. All right. <laughs> oh, we, 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 which, which one of these is Cody win first? Does he oh, win? God. Does he win the one that Lashley has right now that Roman will probably win this weekend? Or does he have the one that, uh, that, uh, or no, sorry, that Brock's going to win this weekend. And then the run that Roman has, but now this is blue, right? So it's blue. Yeah. Yeah. But now it's going to have to get a new one, Steven. Yeah, I've got one of these. This is a good one, though. I got a, I got a real one of these. Maybe Cody's gonna go and take this over instead of Triple H. That'd be pretty funny. Um, I don't know, man. Like, I, I honestly, I'm torn about it because it. This is honestly the only thing that they could have done to get me to watch their shows on a weekly basis because. Yeah. I am such a fan of Cody that I'm going to follow him where he goes. That doesn't mean I'm abandoning AEW. That's another thing I think people that get so upset about this kind of stuff don't understand is like, you can still watch all these people wrestle. It's right. just, I'm just going to, you know, am I a bit, am I a little disappointed? Absolutely. Cause I'm such an AEW fan. And he's such a big part of that. But at the same time, if he's going to go there for a couple of years, try to win the world title, try to accomplish stuff. He never got to accomplish when he was there the first time. That doesn't mean he can't come back to AEW in a few years, like to wrap up his career and stuff. Like, you know what I mean? This yeah. isn't like the end of the world, I don't think. But it is, it is just it's wild that he's the first real defection and he was an yeah. EVP. That's like the yeah. really like that's like the added layer to it where it's like, how much really went wrong throughout this process to where not only did he leave as a performer, he also is leaving as an EVP of the company. Yeah, and not only that, the fact that the Bucks are still in EVPs, but Cody is not. Like, what what happened there? And for me, like, part of me is excited because all we've been seeing is WWE just get their ass kicked, just get their talent cleaned out, don't really acknowledge it, just go on like they don't care. And now they took a huge piece from AEW, and it's like, game on, bitch. Like, that's what it feels like. It feels like the Monday Night War type thing where you never know who's going to sign and where. And now you don't you, you don't think Jericho is paying attention to this. Like, you don't think that there's other people in that company that are like, Cody got how much? And like, I'm like feuding with Ortiz and Santana over here. Like, 
I, I just think that it is the start of a trickle down effect that we're really about to have a war where one side and the other. And then not only that, to me, it's like there has to be a little bit of bad blood on Cody's side to want to go over there because why would you literally give WWE a big upper hand if you really like were so invested into AEW? Like part of me feels like this is a, I will prove to you how valuable I am type thing to me. Like there was some type of disconnect that happened. And I mean, to me, the fall of Cody and AEW is the Anthony Agogo feud. Like when that happened, that's when things really started to go sideways and he's had moments here and there, but I don't think he was ever viewed the same after that feud. Yeah, well, it's interesting that you say, you know, he go there to prove his value to AEW because that's why he left the WWE to begin with, was to prove his value to the WWE. So it's like he left the WWE to prove that he was more valuable. And then he went to AEW, created their competition, destroyed NXT head to head. And now he's going back to WWE, but now he's way more valuable. Now he has a, a, he has some leverage there. Like, I don't believe for a second that Cody's going back there to just like be a jobber or a mid Carter. Like he's going to have some sort of say in this. And the WWE is clearly, it's very clear what they're doing. And we've been saying it for a while and it's been training this way for a while. They've been thinning out their roster and getting rid of a ton of their performers, but they're spending big money on like established star names from the past. So they're trying to get Steve Austin back, which we'll talk about. Right. They're, you know, they always have a chance of trying to get John Cena or The Rock for something. They keep going back to Brock. They keep going back to Ronda. Like, and Cody, I think, kind of fits that mold for them. Like, I don't think that Vince sees Cody as, like, the same level star as John Cena. But it's still Cody Rhodes, who the fans will remember from the WWE, who now is, like, a way bigger star worldwide, who who has this, like, built-in feud ready to go where, you know, he comes back to the company and says, I left uh, years back, you know, to prove my value. Now I'm back and I'm more valuable and I want to win the WWE championship. Or you can even say where I, where I just came from, I wasn't allowed to win the world title and I'm here to win a world championship. Like, yeah. but the problem with something like this, there's one of two ways they can go. And this is like a way, this could be a long conversation potentially, but there's two ways they can go. The more likely route is Cody, unfortunately, just kind of becomes another person over there. He'll probably right. be a main event level guy. He'll probably he'll be in a way, way, way better spot than he was the first time he was there. And he'll get, yeah. he'll get paid a ton of money, but maybe there's a chance that Vince sees the direction of the company. He sees the ratings. He, he, he does have more of an idea of like what's going on than we give him credit for. And he brings in Cody and goes, show us what you're doing over there. Like the y'all are like the right. matches are different. The fans are into it more. You're all, y'all are gaining viewers. We're losing viewers. Like, show me how, like, you know what I mean? Like for all we know, Cody might get a management position in WWE. You know what I mean? Like there's, and also wrestle. So we, there's just a lot of question marks about this, but if they have, if if the WWE is willing to like, look at what we've been saying for all these months and go, you know what, that direction isn't a good idea. And like our ratings are showing that like, maybe they will have, as Sean was saying earlier, Sean Rossap, he was talking about, 
Like can Co- Cody basically started a renaissance after he left the WWE? Can he start a WWE renaissance by going back and, and get things to change? So yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know either. And I don't see. And the thing is, is I don't think that Vince looks at Cody like, like I really don't. I think that they, it's more of just a take, take an EVP from AEW to prove that it's not the greatest place in the world. And all these people that we have employed don't need to go there. Cause all people are seen as the optics of just, Anytime a WWE contract is up, they're basically going to AEW. That looks terrible for them. So they needed a piece to show, like, and you can't take a Brian Cage, in my opinion, and have that big of an impact. You take an an EVP, a guy that has publicly spoken pretty bad about your company, and get him on your side, that speaks volumes to me. And it also kind of forces Tony Khan's hand to where he can't necessarily like play like we're so much better than they are and everybody's more happier over here and blah, blah, blah. When you literally had an EVP say, I would rather be over there. Like that's, that's a huge statement in my opinion. And I, and I, I feel like this, this moment is going to be the one that people remember of like, yeah, this is when things got, got different. This is when things changed. But I will say that like AEW is totally fine without Cody. Yeah. Like the roster is completely stacked. I don't think that you absolutely have to have Cody by any means to be like competitive. Um, but what kind of concerns me is WWE can't make stars, but it doesn't mean they can't buy them. They can absolutely buy up a lot of what AEW creates because we're talking about a company that made a $1 billion profit last year. Like they can get anybody they want to, if they're really willing to spend the money. Um, So that, that concerns me. Like if an MJF is available and Cody is over on the other side, I don't think it's out of the question if it's just an offer that's just you can't refuse it. Like there gets to a point. I mean, Brian Alvarez was talking about Cody possibly making four million a year, four to five million a year. That's astronomical money. And let's say he just signed a three year deal. Cody's walking away with fifteen million dollars to wrestle. Like that's hard to compete with, man. Yeah. Yeah, and you're going through some of your concerns. I One of my concerns is that, I mean, the obvious elephant in the room, like Dusty went through what Cody might potentially be about to go through. Like right. when, you know, Dusty competed with Vince Jr. And then when he got a hold of him, he turned him into a complete joke with the polka dots and the whole deal. Yep. And Cody, there might, for, 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 I think Cody's smarter than like walking in to get himself blindsided like this. But for all we know, Cody goes, dude, I don't care what you make me do for $15 million. Mm-hmm. And the next thing we know, Cody is Stardust again, or he's like some sort of Dusty Rhodes dancing around, like kind of comic guy. I mean, I don't, I don't know. But I, I imagine Cody, there, Cody is just, I just think he's too smart of a guy at the end of the day. Like, I, I just, I think he knows if I go back to AEW, they're going to give me this much money and it's still a lot of money. And, I, and I'm a big part of the company. And he was probably burned out, to be honest, between the reality shows and the running the company kind of stuff. Watch, I mean, watch his reaction on the re- reality shows. I mean, like yeah. Tony Khan basically has to like talk to him 
after the Malachi Black match and be like, are you okay? Like, where are you at? Maybe you just need some time. Like, yeah. Like, and you remember the promo that he cut after the Malachi Black match where he left his boots in the ring and he was talking about how, like, you know, not sure. Like, it, it wasn't like a, it was kind of just like, I know we're not on the best of terms, but I'll always be thankful for Matt and Nick and all them. Like, I, I think a lot of that was true emotion. And, you know, that's why I was about to cry during the, the promo because. I think that he was dealing with a lot of stuff. I think he absolutely lost a lot of his confidence in AEW. I think it's hard when you're like one of the key guys and now the fans hate you and you didn't really do anything to be a heel. And then us as fans, we're just so smart now that like everything's a work. How many times were we like, oh, he's going to turn heel. He's going to turn heel. It's going to happen. When he's literally just trying to be a face, getting booed out of the building and not <laughs> wanting to turn heel. You know what I mean? Mm. So I think that was disheartening for him. Then it's like guilty by association. We don't have to like Brandy anymore because we don't like Cody anymore. So screw Brandy too. Get her off my TV. So then I just think that like it, it hurt. It shook him. I think it really did shook him. And 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 I think that. With the WWE, it's a new opportunity. It's new feuds. It's new wrestlers. And and he has unfinished business. Keep in mind, too, he left the WWE shortly after his dad died. And I think he just kind of wants to have, like, that second chance of, like, okay, I wasn't always, like, emotionally there. I was in a different place in my life. I was ready to do this and that. I've done that now. Let's see where I fit in back here. But, like, dude, you're you're like best friends with Matt Cardona and like, you know how bad it can get there. You're really good friends with John Morrison who they just cut just outright. Like, see you later. Like, I just can't believe that he wants to go back to that place. And he's even, you know, someone was like, Oh, I can't wait for the video package of Cody breaking into prison because you know, it's always like they're trying to get out of prison and like Cody's going into prison. So I don't know. Uh, it, it's just such a weird thing, but I think that it's totally this business is never say never. It's never say never. And you can never really truly know what is going on. You know what I mean? And the one thing I'll say with, with Cody that makes me a little nervous of being in the WWE is he does have, he does know what the wrestling fans want. He does have an idea of the pulse of the wrestling business and I think he can give really good feedback if they're willing to listen about like what, what works in today's wrestling and what doesn't and what they're doing wrong and what they should work on and things like that. But who knows if he'll ever get an opportunity to say something like that. Yeah. 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 It's going to be, there's just, like I said, just so many question marks, even if he does go there, like what his role is and and all that stuff. I, I think a big part of it honestly is, might be as simple as a Rhodes has never held the WWE championship before. And like, he might be able to do that. Um, yeah. And then on top of it too, I mean, if they, if they're telling him to do a bunch of stuff, he doesn't want to do, he can probably just not do it. You know what I mean? Like what's the worst that can happen to him? He just goes back to AEW or gets paid to sit at home. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, he has the kind of leverage that most wrestlers in the WWE probably don't feel like they have where, He's, I mean, he started, he literally founded their competition. Like he can, he has options outside of there if things aren't going his way. So I don't know. I, 
there yeah it's it's very uh it, it, let, me, let me tell you how surprising it was i talked to somebody who trains at the nightmare factory today a girl that i know oh, that's wow. been there for like two years yeah and i straight up just texted her today and i said um actually let i'll read the actual text i said have they addressed any of the cody Rhodes leaving AEW stuff at your school which is the nightmare factory um right. and she said no total shocker um and then she was asking me if i thought he was going back to wwe <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like I, yeah. so like, that's how, I mean, like even the students at the nightmare factory had no idea. So, yeah. And I mean, if it was just like a Sean Ross sap report, not saying it's not valid cause it always usually is, but, but what really solidified it was a statement from Cody was a statement from AEW. Well, like the whole nine, you're just like, Holy crap. And then all of a sudden it's like Cody expected to sign with WWE and you're just like, Whoa. This is just coming way too fast. You know what I mean? So uh, I, I let's also not rule out though that he could go back to AEW. Like he's just a free agent right now. Like he could be leveraging this to the deal he wants with AEW. I mean, it's possible. Do you, do you think though that you would release a statement like that and then sign them again? Like to me, that was like this is farewell. I, I would if I'm Tony Khan. He's literally the only person that I think would be down for something like this because he knows how big of a markout moment it would be for people. If Cody came back knowing he actually was released, like, like Tony's like Tony's like us where, I mean, he saw the whole Pillman thing play out when he was like jumping around companies and stuff like that. Like, I'm not saying Tony wanted this or that this is like a work. I'm not saying that, but what I am saying is they seem to be like, they're apart on what they want money wise or whatever it is that that they can't get a deal done. Um, There was probably some sort of grace period where it was like, well, he hasn't resigned since this amount of time. We got to move on and we can't keep putting him on the show until we, until he either signs or whatever. So they make their statement and everything. And now it's in a position where it's like, all right, well now everyone knows Cody actually is a free agent from AEW. So now everyone expects him to go to the WWE, which would be a pretty great moment if Cody then showed up in AEW the next time we saw him, like a couple months from now. Like people wouldn't expect right. it. So yeah. I'm not once again, I'm not saying any of this is a work. I think this is all legitimate, but I think it could be turned into a work potentially if Cody doesn't uh, make a deal with the WWE. Because that's the other thing too. We're just assuming Cody's going to take whatever the WWE offers him. Like he's there. I think he'll have. Just like he had a list of opponents he wanted to wrestle when he left there originally, he'll have a list yeah. of his demands, I think, that he's going to want to go to the WWE. So Here's the good thing, though. This is easy negotiation season, in my opinion, because it's WrestleMania. And yep. so, like, what better way to get somebody to go over with WrestleMania time? If this was, like, heading into Survivor Series or whatever, it'd be kind of like, yeah, but, like, if you want to get somebody excited, like, hey, WrestleMania, we already got... And the reason... So a couple things. The reason that I think who Cody's going to face, I think it's going to be Seth Rollins. And the reason I think that is because that was what Shane McMahon was looking to be doing. And now that he's out of the picture, Rollins doesn't have anything going. Rollins has run his mouth about AEW and stuff like that before. He's also kind of like the total, like, I'm the WWE guy would seem like something that would bother him possibly of Cody coming in here and trying to take his spot. Like I just, I could see that feud happening also. Like he could be like, 
tell Mox I said hi. Like, there's just a lot of things that they could go with that I could possibly see that going down. To me, the feud that makes the most sense is him and Orton, just because they have history. Cody's a totally different person, a totally different level of wrestler, all that stuff since the last time that Orton and him were in the same ring together. Um, so I really, I really would enjoy that. Just as a Cody fan, what type of matches or feuds or whatever are you looking forward to Cody possibly having in the WWE? So honestly, that's the biggest disappointment of all of this because, like, I still want him versus Sting in AEW, like, <laughs> which like, I thought would be like for sure to happen. Yeah, me too. I thought this thing would wrestle every match. You know, when, when Sting debuted in AEW, he walked around the ring to to Dustin, Darby, and and Cody, and like he wound up really only doing anything with Darby. Um, right. And then he didn't he call Cody kid or something yeah. like that. Like yeah, I mean like it was even setting up that way. Yeah. So he has a lot more matches, even matches I've seen before. Like we, we never got like a Cody versus Kenny world title AEW match or anything like that. Like there was One a of lot the greatest of greatest wrestling feuds ever, and yeah. nobody saw it. There. Yeah. <laughs> sucks. There. There. So there's definitely way more quote unquote rematches for me still with him being in AEW, but. If I'm talking WWE, the obvious one is is Roman Reigns for sure. Um, I think that him and Orton that makes a lot of sense too, because yeah, Orton was like his mentor and the like, not even just with legacy, but like for real, like behind the scenes and stuff. Yeah. Um, I think Cody and Braun Breaker could be good depending on how fast Breaker like progresses to that. I mean, he looked good tonight. I I, I watched NXT. I watched like half of NXT tonight. Um. And and I think he'll he'll progress pretty fast into like one of their top guys probably. Um, any uh, any Cody Brock idea? Like you like that at all? Oh yeah, I, I love the idea, but I don't love the idea of Cody just getting thrown around because that's probably <laughs> mainly what would happen. Unfortunately, I I honestly think Cody was going to get thrown around if he was in there with Roman too. I can't imagine Vince would allow an AEW guy to come in and beat like his top guy. I could see him winning like the Raw secondary title, but I don't see him beating Roman or Brock. But I do think it's so important for the WWE to treat Cody like a main eventer. You have no stars. Yeah. Yeah. You need to take this and at the end of the day like cody's going to be 37 in june he's no spring chicken so take advantage of what you have like he's got it probably a good three years left in him so it, this is your opportunity to add to your roster a legit star and treat him that way you know what i mean yeah well and for all we know he'll get you know like a reduced schedule and stuff and i'd have to go beat up his body you know, 300 days a year or anything like that, you know, I, uh, yeah. So uh, Cody, Cody and Reigns is definitely the one that, that is the most obvious, of course, Cody and triple H, but that's, you know, that's if triple H can wrestle again. That's a big question mark. Um, yeah, that's yeah. a huge one, but I, 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 I really think triple H is done. I really do. I think he would have shown himself by now if, if he was okay. Yeah. Yeah, probably. So it's, it's well, we got some super chats, yeah. so let's get into those and then we'll, we'll revisit some of these things. Okay. Chris, thanks for the super chat as always appreciate it. The only way I see Cody going back to WWE is for a main event spot and a multi-year seven figure downside guarantee. Um, 
I mean, I think all that's possible. I, I really do. I think he can get a lot of things. I, like I said, in this business, never say never. Um, and guys, we have 48 people in here right now. So if you can, please smash that like button. If you love Cody, if you're excited about going to WWE, smash that like button. If you are bummed that Cody's leaving and you love AEW, smash that like button. Um, another super chat from Vincent Valentine. Do you guys think that Warner Media might be upset with TK about not keeping Cody considering how much they've invested in him, i.e. Rose to the top? That's a good point. And he was also in the uh, Big Bang, whatever. What is go that Big show? show. Yeah, Go Big Show. So I, I definitely think that. Sounds like that Darby is getting um, some type of show whatever they're going to do with that. Um, so they have already got ideas of replacing, but I honestly think that when they booked Cody, um, they didn't expect this. They didn't expect this. I think this is blindsides everybody. And for me, this is another one here. Um, Cactus. Thanks for the super chat. Appreciate it, man. TMZ or TMZ sports report that Tony, Tony, and Cody had a falling out, which is one of the reasons why he was leaving. Um, for me, Tony Khan, I feel like there's a little bit of red flags of how he runs the business. Like, I love the fact that he's a super fan. I love the fact that he tries to give us the best matches possible, that he really cares about giving good shows and stuff. But just the way that he runs his business makes me a little nervous. Like the fact that he just signed so many people. And then the fact that like you sign all these people, but like you can't re-sign a Cody Rhodes, but you're like, okay with bringing these others back. Like this, this idea that like, cause what I heard it, for example, is that Cody wanted possible CM Punk money. So you're telling me that CM Punk is so much valuable, so much more valuable than Cody, which to an extent I see, but I feel like all the brand new is off CM Punk at this point. Like if we were to, re if you were to rework a deal with CM Punk, I don't know if you'd give him the same amount of money. You know what I mean? So I, I just... To me, it, it just it makes me a little nervous. I, I watched the Jacksonville Jaguars and the way that organization's ran. It's not very it's not ran very well at all. And with this company, it's like it's his hobby, it's his love, it's his it's it's it, it's his wrestling figures that he gets to play with in real life. But like, are you ready for this Vince McMahon ready to be ruthless and start buying out all your talent and all that stuff? Like this is about to get real, real, in my opinion, this isn't any fun and games anymore. You've really pissed him off now. So, so, so how, how do you react? Cause if you were Vince, the old Vince, you'd be calling Shane McMahon right now. And you, you would get Shane McMahon on dynamite. Like, that's how Vince would respond. And so, like, how dirty are we getting? How crazy is this thing going to get? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I, the I mean, I don't really, I don't know. There's just a lot to it. Like, I don't, where do I even start with all this? With, with like, the, so, WWE, they've, they've obviously, 
opened up a lot of money by all the people that they're letting go, right? So, like, they're going to keep doing this. I think. If they're smart, they'll keep doing this. They'll keep just getting a star after star. And we'll talk – I know we'll talk about Steve Austin in a minute. But, yeah. like, like, I think that that's kind of their game plan right now. We can't build any stars of our own. So, now we're just going to get any stars to us that are, like, that we consider actual stars. Yeah. Um, in AEW, it is – it is one of those things where like y'all can go back and listen to these shows for, from months back. I said this about CM Punk before he even came into the company. I was like, he's not bad. And he's, he's actually overperformed to what I expected him to look like when he came back. Like he, he has looked really, really good. I'm not against CM Punk and AEW. I think that he's done a great job, but right. I said like, he'll become kind of just another guy pretty quick because like, look at the people in the company and like, look how, how high level they are in the ring. And CM Punk is very popular still, but I'm with you. Like, if it's my, and I know I'm a bit biased, but like, I think there's more value in Cody Rhodes for your company long term than there is for CM Punk. So, right. you know, I, that is a little concerning as to like who Tony's going to value and who he isn't in certain cases. Mm-hmm. I just can't believe that they couldn't get to a number that worked for everybody involved. Like, I don't know how much of a, of a falling out they could have possibly had to where, it got to the point where Cody's just not in the company anymore. Like it's yeah, that, that is very strange to me. And also, you know, I'm not saying this is going to happen, but I've brought it up on this show and other shows, just the idea, especially for all the people that have been just hating on Cody relentlessly for months now, you know, they're getting what they wanted. He's out of the company. And now let's see if we're seeing guys like Chuck Taylor throwing invisible grenades in slow motion on, you know, TBS, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that's going to happen. Um, I'm not saying I, you know, I, I but because Tony Khan sold the filter there, but yeah. I think there has been an undervalue from the fan perspective on how much stuff Cody's probably filtering backstage of the stuff that like the young bucks and Kenny probably want to do. And Cody's like, uh, like Cody was the, the bridge between the kind of the old school and the new school uh, mentalities in wrestling. And, I love Kenny Omega. I think he's him and Danielson, I think are probably the two best in-ring workers in the world right now. Love the young bucks, love PWG. And, and I'm obviously a big fan of independent professional wrestling, but like right. on TNT and TBS, I don't think that a lot of that stuff is just, is just not going to fly. I don't think a lot of the stuff that they probably want to do. And I don't know if Cody, Cody might like, if we start seeing a big shift in some like kind of goofy type stuff, the fans are probably going to go, Oh, Cody, Cody was actually, uh, you know, he wasn't so bad now, was he? You know what I mean? Like, well, and like yeah. the thing is, is like, I believe that Cody views pro wrestling completely differently than the EVPs and Tony Khan, and that is why the fallout somewhat happened. Right. Like, it's it's fine, all in, you know, whatever. But then there were Dick Druids and stuff, and like. <laughs> I don't necessarily think Tony Khan would be behind that, but I don't think Cody Rhodes would be all about that. But I don't think CM Punk would be about that either. Like well, I also, think there's keep in mind, like after all in, there was a lot of people that we thought were gonna get AEW contracts that Tony wasn't a fan of that like we thought right. for sure were gonna be coming there. But then this is another thing that happened over the weekend that makes me kind of think, hmm, what if they start to sign top up-and-coming independent talent instead of relying on the nightmare factory to give them talent 
So for example, Nick Wayne got a contract, GCW regular, 16 years old, reserve contracts, what it sounds like. So when he's 18, they'll have his rights and everything's going to be kumbaya. But like, what if that's what we start getting more like, possibly you get like Joey Janela finding people. Although I think Joey Janela is done with the company, but anyways, what, what if there's something the, like that to where they're not relying on a developmental system like the Nightmare Factory and they're starting to just scout talent again, you know? Yeah, because I think that the Nick Wayne thing really gives hope to like Starboy Charlie, Billy Starks, yep. Marcus Mathers, like the the literal kids in wrestling that are like in 16, 17, 18 years old and stuff. And um, the Nick Wayne thing is awesome because be, for a lot of reasons, but mainly because like he can pop up on maybe dark or dynamite or something here or there the next couple of years, keep working the Indies. And then when he's 18, he's a part of the show for real. And you can do yeah. that with a, lo- a lot of these younger uh, talents. So I think that's a good idea. I, I, you know, and then, you know, Dustin still got his school in, in Texas yeah. and like Cody, just because it's same with like Booker T, you know, I feel like there's been kind of more of an in for Booker T's students when it comes to the WWE, like Roxy, for instance, getting signed yep. recently, or at least that's yep. what the, the word is. And, like yeah. And, and uh, so I think the same kind of thing for, for Cody, like, even though he might go back to the WWE, he's going to have a lot of relationships with people in AEW still. And same with the the kids that are training there. Like there's probably been AEW wrestlers going in and out of there to train. I wonder how that works. Like I, I, I doubt contractually WWE could stop Cody from like helping train people in other companies. Like, I don't, I don't think, you know, I don't know how that works, but you know what I mean? Like, I think, yeah. cause I think, I think Cody, there should be no reason for Cody to not like, he should be allowed to keep, training people at the nightmare factory and then those students decide you know where they want to work and you know get offers from whoever wants them we're we're gonna find out just how how bad it is like if all of a sudden tony's like i don't want any more nightmare factory people it's conflict of interest and you're gonna be like oh this thing's like really taking a shift you know what i mean yeah so i i don't know i feel like as time goes on i mean i would absolutely kill for a documentary of the with the EVPs and Cody about what happened from like AEW's forming to Cody leaving, I would love to see what what really happened. Because um, Brian Alvarez reported that they were getting along well at towards the end. Sounds like there was a fallout, and then they kind of made up, and they were getting along well. I did notice that Nick Jackson liked his post on Instagram. Um, uh, The way that I feel like, I feel like they're definitely not talking on a daily basis anymore. They're definitely not that close, but like there's no beef. And if they ran into each other, it's, Hey man, what's up? You know, but I don't think they're like hanging out at a family barbecue. You know what I mean? Like I, I I don't, I, I think that there's definitely some type of riff there because like you said, the bucks are like, PWG guys and Kenny is like Yoshi in New Japan. And then the crazy thing was, is like Brandy was in charge of mostly the female roster and now she's out. So I, I don't know. It sounds like, you know, Brian Danielson's tra- training Jade, which in my opinion, the number one person that I think the WWE will take is Jade. I think Jade is definitely going to the WWE. One, the Cody connection. Two, she wants to be a star. 
Like she wants in 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 like what the WWE can offer her when it comes to movies and like just the promotional side of it and the money. Like to me, it just sounds like that's something. And then like she even said like something of thank you for helping me in the beginning of for the beginning of my career. Like this is just a stepping stone to her. AEW is just a stepping stone. I feel like WWE is the ultimate goal for her. She just hasn't said that yet. That could be totally wrong, but I feel like definitely with Cody being over there, um, she could definitely be up for grabs. Yeah, I, I, well, I think there could be a lot. of. I mean, MJF's the big one that yep. I think really could. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we're going to have to see how all this kind of plays out long term. But, uh, but, also, we also, but, also, Cody, but also Cody isn't even there yet either. Like, that's a big part of this, too, is like, I, I mean. I think I think he's gone, Steven. I think he's totally gone. Like, even when WrestleVotes, like, WrestleVotes normally never misses, and they announce that, like, the deal is about to be done. Like, I, and it's not like he just became a free agent to talk to them. He's been able to talk to them for weeks because he's been out of contract. So, oh, yeah, for sure. Like, I, six weeks I, or something. I think the whole point of them releasing a statement like that is because they know he's about to debut. Like they know it's coming up and they want to jump ahead because the last thing they want is like for them to never say anything. And then he shows up, you know what I mean? So I wouldn't even be surprised if he shows up in Saudi Arabia, Saudi Arabia for the elimination chamber. That would be so insane. Like, (laughs) imagine that's so funny. That's, that's literally going from like, you know, revolutionizing wrestling to like the ultimate sellout move of all time like debuting in saudi arabia um yeah uh well yeah we'll 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 see what winds up happening i mean i do expect him to go to the wwe i'm not like i'm not like blind to kind of what's going on here but uh i mean it's just not official yeah but i I mean favorite real mm -hmm. quick we'll wrap it up on cody Favorite AEW moment for Cody, AEW match for Cody. Uh, favorite moment is him hitting the throne with the sledgehammer, which has um, so much meaning. I know now, now especially. Imagine if if Vince gave Cody NXT, like that'd be the most ironic thing in the history of the world. Um, and then my favorite match, either him and Dustin. Or, I mean, him and Sammy in that ladder match was really good. Yep. What a um, way to leave. Yeah. So it's it's one of those two. I'll say, I'll say him and Dustin just because it was more emotional. But like, yeah. as far as an actual in ring match, I think him and Sammy was probably the best match he had. Yeah. Yeah, I'll go with that too. Um, he had that killer promo on Jericho that was really really good. And then remember when he like went up the steps and he punched through the glass and like the whole buildup for him and Jericho was really good. And keep in mind too, like Cody split his head open bad. I mean, it was very noticeable. He has a scar there. He set himself on fire. He, he really like put his blood, sweat and tears into everything that he did. I really think he was a huge piece in getting Darby Allen over like Darby Allen, once Cody started feuding with him and then, you know, he dropped the TNT title to him. Like, I really think he got him over Brody Lee's last matches with Cody. 
I mean, there was a lot of special moments with Cody and AEW. I, I got lucky to have two really special ones. Cody in the steel cage against Wardlow doing the yep. doing the moonsault off the cage. Got to see that live. And then, of course, Cody going through the flaming table with Andrade live in Atlanta. I got to see that, too. So I got to see two really huge moments live, which that's that's something I'll never forget. Yep. And I, and one for me, I, I got to see Cody and Dustin live at double or nothing. And I also got to see Cody and Kenny at Supercard of honor at the peak of their bullet club is fine storyline. So it's just been such a huge ride. I, I mean, and, and people are like, Cody's a sellout. Cody's, a, you know, this and that, but like, no matter what, if whatever happens from here on out, you can never take Cody out of the history books of what he did. Like, he helped form this company. He helped build AEW. He helped sell all in. Like he was such a huge part that changed the wrestling business forever. And no one can take that away from him. So I'm definitely going to miss Cody. I hate that he's going to go over to the evil empire. Um, but I mean, if it's what's best for his family, and listen, man, I, I've said this over and over. Kids change you. They really do. And once you have a kid, it just puts more things into perspective and things that you would probably not be as bothered by. But then you're thinking about like how it'll affect your kid. It's like, no, man, that's not cool. I'm not that, I'm not OK with that. Like and when you're looking at the overall financial situation and you're like, I could have this much money or I could have this much money. I mean, that's a big difference. You know what I mean? So I, I get it. And uh, and he and he's not getting any younger. Like it's time to take advantage of all the hard work he did. And this is probably going to be like one of his last big contracts. So you can't necessarily blame him for taking it. It just it just sucks, and you would wish that it would happen to AEW. Like if AEW can come up with enough money to sign Brian Danielson to sign CM Punk, you ain't got nothing for Cody. Like I, it's just that's just hard for me not. It's hard for me to swallow, but it is yeah. what it is. I'm just glad I have all of the Cody AEW figures, and I'll make yep. sure to get any more that might still come out because now there's prototypes for like stuff that hasn't come out yet, and right. uh, I will uh, continue to get all the Cody Rhodes AEW stuff that I can while it's available still. Yeah, so. and then you'll get his Mattel stuff. Absolutely, maybe his, maybe his ultimate. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, this oh, his elite. How this. funny will that be? Right, it's a WWE elite figure. I'm sure he'll make a big deal out of that too. This figure yeah. is all elite. Look at it, you know. Yeah, it's Valentine the super chat. Thanks, I appreciate it, man. Any concern that Omega may leave with it when his contract expires? I heard it's up in February of 2023. Um, I think anything's on the table at this point. I mean, I really do. It, it is what it is. I, I just don't know. To me, like, I'd be more concerned about, like, an Adam Page. Like, you've put so much time into him. He's young. Like, that's one that you don't really want to get away. You know what I mean? That any of the any of the pillars, Sammy, MJF, Darby, all those. I mean, I don't think Darby would leave. But, man, you just don't know at this point. Like, anything's on the table. And also, keep in mind, anybody from the WWE can leave, too. So, speaking of that, I think it's time to pivot to the next big story, and that is Stone Cold Steve Austin 
might possibly be coming back to wrestle Kevin Owens at WrestleMania 38. Yeah. What? <laughs> what? What? Like, I, I read that and I was just like, and you know, there was a clue I didn't pick up, but in hot on high spots in August, they brought him a ring. And they show pictures of him in, in, in the, with the ring. And he's like, thanks for the ring, guys. I'm glad you could set it up for me or whatever. It look, looks great or something like that. It's on Twitter. And why would he need that? You know what I mean? And so, but this is what I wanted to talk to you, Stephen. Because Kevin Owens was dead set on leaving, man. Like, he was ready to bounce. He was putting out Mount Rushmore, like, secrets and codes. He was counting down the days to get out of there. And then all of a sudden, he just randomly resigns. I feel like those sons of bitches told him he gets Austin at Mania if he resigns. I feel the same exact way. And I think they told Sami Zayn he gets Knoxville. Right. <laughs> and it's just like... How can I pass that up? No, I mean, yeah. for Owens, like, you can't... Owens was such a WWE mark. You cannot dangle the Austin carrot yeah. and him not take it. When he's doing the stunner now as his finisher and, like, the oh, whole thing. And, I mean, it's and like... Yeah. he ran down Texas last night, apparently. And so, like, this, this looks like it's going to happen. My question is, are we actually getting a match or is the glass shattering... Stone Cold walks down the aisle, whoops Kevin Owens' ass. Owens sells big time for him, and the end. Or are we actually getting like a ten to twelve minute match back and forth at fifty seven year old Stone Cold Steve Austin, who hasn't wrestled since two thousand three, which really puts a bad taste in my mouth because everybody wanted Stone Cold and CM Punk, and instead. We're getting Stone Cold and Kevin Owens. I'm very happy for Kevin Owens. This is a huge moment for him. This could possibly put him as a main event guy and keep him there. But, man, this is out of left field. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, it is kind of, yeah, out of the complete blue. Like, I don't. I don't know. Uh, I, I feel like to answer your question, I think he'll basically do what you said, but it will be a technical match. Like, like he'll it, it, he'll come out and he'll beat up Kevin Owens very quickly, whether it's a segment or a match. But I don't think we're going to get like a ten minute match. Like it'll False be finishes. <laughs> yeah. I think it. I mean, it might even be like a open challenge from Kevin Owens, and he's him talking trash about Texas and. Steve Austin just comes out, stomps a mud hole in the corner, you know, flips the birds, hits him with a stunner, and like, that's and pins him. And then it's like, Austin got a win in his last match, even though you know, everyone's just gonna remember the 2003 one. But I, uh, I, like, I'm happy for Kevin Owens, but yeah, you would think that if they could get Steve Austin, they would probably mm -hmm. do him and Cena. Like that mm -hmm. really would make the most sense. But then that's also. Not, I don't think the, the WWE wouldn't care to admit this. I don't. I don't think. Like by by care, I mean like, I don't think they like. It doesn't matter to them one way or another how we feel about this. But I think that it's it's like if they did Austin versus Cena right now, how weird of a message is that sending to everyone? Where it's like neither of these guys are on our show except for this one match all year. But right. like they're the they're the most important guys. 
Right. You know, like that's such a weird message to put out. It's a message they continually put out there with all the people 100%. they keep going back to. So, but but if I, if they do Cena versus Austin, I want an actual story. I don't want it to just be yeah. Cena and Austin are both going to be there at the same night at the same time. They're going to have a match we never got to see. Like I want the you know, I wanted you back in you know the early two thousands and you quit on us and I never got to really have the torch passed to me by you and you know, have like a real story between Cena and Austin being like two of the biggest people, most popular people ever in WWE history who never got to wrestle each other. Um, I mean, dude, I, I, I feel like there's a chance Hogan comes back and wrestles at some oh point, the way things Lord, are going. Man. Like they, they'll oh offer him a Lord. whole lot of money to show up in Saudi Arabia. He'll, he'll do a few of these. Uh, he'll, you know, he, he probably can't do the, the, the leg drop anymore. Cause like, uh, he's got to get surgery on his hips every time he does it now. Yeah. But, like, but hey, I mean, if he can go out there, throw a few punches, and you know, and at least get low enough to get the guy to you know to, to pin him, like they'll probably give him a few million dollars to go out there and do it. So, I, I and I mean, honestly, like if you're gonna do Steve Austin, to me, like the the one that never happened was him and Brock. I feel like that that it, it's dangerous for Austin. Don't get me wrong, but like. This is about generating buzz. And the fact of, like, if you get Austin the video package that you could make and just, like, the anticipation people would have, and when the glass shatters, it is going to be a huge pop. Everybody's going to go nuts. My biggest concern is then it becomes the Shawn Michaels-Saudi Arabia match where it's just a train wreck. And then it, it just, like... Because Austin went out facing The Rock, you know what I mean? And I, I just feel like there's been so many times in Austin's career where he could have came back and it would have been so much better and he would have been in such better physical shape. But I also think the pandemic changed a lot of things. And it's like, if you always thought it would be there, and then when you see like the crowds being taken away and you just don't know when anything's coming back, and it's probably like, man, if they come back, like, one more, I probably would do that one more time, you know? Like, I, I feel like that it possibly could have changed his mind to just, he wanted to feel it one more time, you know what I mean? And, let's be honest, WWE is making some serious money right now. They got a lot of money to throw around. Yeah, I, I think that that's obviously a massive part of it is the money. But I think on top of it, too, I mean, we've seen multiple people at this point that, we're in the same type of position as like edge and Lita and Austin and these, these people that AEW was like hitting them up going, Hey, if you can still go like, we'll, we would use you and them then going off and getting cleared. And then the WWE being like, yo, I'll give you all this money to come back to us. And so you're you know, saying that you think that AEW contacted Austin. I'm, I'm not saying I think that I'm just saying like, it's possible. Like, I think that, I don't think that it's that like edge and Lita and like, like there's going to be a lot of people. I think that are in that boat. Like, I think the same thing is going to happen with the undertaker after a while. Um, if you're, if he's not doing anything and he has the itch to wrestle at all, like it, it, the same thing's going to happen with, I think a lot of these guys, like Hogan's made it known he wants another match. Like he's, but he's been saying that every year for the last, you know, decade. But, you know, I, I just think once again, just never say never when it comes to any of these guys. Once again, I'm not saying that I think that Austin was like approached by AEW, but I'm just saying it's totally possible that they talked to him and, and Vince was like, 
hey, if you have any interest in coming back, we have all this money we can give you. And you can do a quick match and just look at how we treat Bill Goldberg. You know what I mean? He comes in, he wrestles for three minutes. He makes a few million and does it three times a year. Like, and it's and it's in Texas, you know. Like yeah. that's another attractive part of it. Um, I don't know, and it, I feel like I'm going to end up buying WrestleMania tickets because of this bull crap. You know what I mean? So you're like, going to go to the show now. I, well, it, Bill's it already going. Bill's already going with his son, so it's like I'm already going to be there. But like, if Mania is going to be Cody, Seth Rollins, and Austin and Kevin Owens and Edge and AJ and Roman and Brock and Charlotte and Ronda, like it's not that bad. You know what I mean? Let's be honest, Doug. WWE is just better than AEW. No way. <laughs> no way. No way in hell. I'm 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 kidding. Obviously, we aren't we aren't there at all yet. But on paper, WrestleMania is shaping. I mean, it's a two night thing, so like not all that's yeah. going to be good, but but it does look like it's shaping up to be, um, at least on paper, a really big, uh, a really good show. I mean, yeah, so. and, and and to me, like it doesn't have to be better than AEW. It just needs to be watchable. Again. Yeah, for sure. Like, I agree. My God, it's been so bad. Like, I just want to be able to turn on a pay-per-view and watch their pay-per-view and be like, damn, that was pretty good. You know, AEW is going to have to bring a pretty solid dynamite to, to compete with some of those matches or, you know, like, it, but it's just, cause like, you get lost in the production and the pyro and the video packages and you're you're reminiscing back to what it was like in the WWE and you're like, you know, maybe this will be a good night. And then it just goes awful and you're like, this is why I don't watch this. This sucks. You know what I mean? So, and now, you know, imagine if they screw over Cody, you're going to be like, you know what you were getting yourself into and you chose to do this. You know, it just, it is what it is. Like, now nah, I don't know. But guys, we got 55 people in here right now. Please, if you haven't, smash that like button. If you're excited about Stone Cold Steve Austin coming back, smash that like button. If you think that he should have stayed retired, smash that like button. And if you guys want to support the channel, please submit Super Chats. It helps us out. And we'll be glad to answer your questions. Um... Or we'll just read out whatever you want us to read out, too. It doesn't have to be a question. Yeah, you can make a comment, whatever you want to do. If you want to vent, whatever. Um, I will say this, too. like, Just as an excitement meter, Austin coming back. Dude, I wish I could say it's like a 9 or 10 out of 10. Like, I really do. Like, I'm like you, dude. I grew up on Austin. I have multiple, like, signed Austin, like, pieces of memorabilia right over here in my office like i trust me i I wore i wore his t-shirt to elementary school the whole the whole deal but i i mean let me put it this way i'm way more excited about the idea of code not 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 necessarily that i want cody in in wwe but like i'm way more interested to see what he would do in wwe than than austin returning but it's just here's it's just been so long like it's it's cool if he comes back and wrestles, but like you said, we could have had him and Cena and Cena's prime. We could have had him and Punk and Punk's prime. We never got him and him and Brock Lester like we were supposed to. Um, there were so many of these. We never got him and Hogan when they were both in the company at the same time. Um, 
And for it to be Kevin Owens, it's awesome because I'm a Kevin Owens fan, but it's like, it doesn't, and it's also so obvious that Kevin Owens would not beat him at WrestleMania. Like, there's just no way. Like, if that match is happening, Austin is beating Kevin Owens without a doubt. And I don't know how much, it it, it does elevate Owens just by being in the ring with Austin at WrestleMania. Like, I'm not disputing that, but I feel like Kevin Owens is just pigeonholed in this position in the company where, yeah, he's been the universal champion before, but like it was kind of more about the Jericho story. And outside of that, I just don't think he'll ever really be like the guy on either Raw or SmackDown. Um, no matter you know whether he's, he has a match with Austin or not. But I'll say like a like a like a six out of ten, and that's like yeah. being kind of generous. I'm probably at a seven because I might possibly see it live. Right. And then probably when it's I'm there live and I'm watching the video package and the glass shatters, like I will probably mark the hell out and then and then I'll be like, Ugh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like and he'll probably pull a sting and wrestle with his t-shirt and all that, because I doubt that he wants to really show the fifty-seven-year-old body physique. I mean, I know he's in decent shape, but it ain't gonna be it ain't gonna be what he was. So I, I don't know. I, I think this is really risky. It's a total money grab. And I just never thought that he was about that. He he always turned those down. And so I'm really surprised that he took this. Very surprised he took this. It, the, the smartest long-term booking they could do is have Steve Austin versus Bill Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar in a triple threat. And like, settle the score from WrestleMania 20 from forever oh ago. God. Like, <laughs> but honestly, if you're Steve Austin, the last person you want to be in the ring with is Bill Goldberg, just because of how <laughs> unsafe he can be and like how much of a risk that is. That's why I think at least with Kevin, Kevin's just going to bump for him. He's going to sell for him. He's just going to, he's going to do whatever he has to do to take care of stone cold. And I, and I think that that match would work, but and not only that, dude, so like on Valentine's Day, they had WrestleMania tickets, buy one, get one free. Like this, <laughs> this is not selling well. This is not selling well. That's that's another reason why they're getting Stone Cold, because they probably promised Jerry Jones that they could sell that place out both nights. And it's not looking like that at all. So I think that that's another reason Um it, it's just. You know, you you can hype up your ratings, whatever you want to say. You can make all the excuses in the world, but like live attendance doesn't lie. You can't you can't fake that. I mean, surely you can give away tickets for free and not charge, which I'm sure they'll do some. But you have to be able to deliver at WrestleMania at least to get people to want to go to it. That's a huge. And, and, and honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if this night one, night two crap is done after this because I think it's a real big gamble to expect people to spend money on both nights. That's that's a lot, you know. Especially when you don't know the card like that far out, like to, to buy tickets and not even know, you know, for two full shows. And then I think some people probably just roll the dice and they're like, more of the cool stuff's probably be on night two. So if I got to go to yep. one or the other, I'll just go to night two. Um, but see, I feel like that that's when they would put like an Austin and Owens on night one to make sure that they get those people. And then they put Brock and Roman on night two to make sure that, you know, people go to that one too. 
So it's not just like lopsided. I, I think that as long as Stone Cold Steve Austin doesn't wrestle in a t-shirt, then it's a it's a W. <laughs> it, I mean, it, and he, like I said, he doesn't have to do a lot. He really doesn't. Yeah. But I still, I just, I can't believe that he's taking this. But I can't believe Cody's going back to the WWE. So I can't, I they just, we're in weird times. And I don't think we're done either. I just think it's going to just get crazier and crazier. This is what it was like a Monday Night Wars. Like, this is, you would get people going to each different company and you wouldn't know how. And I mean, it's just, it's going to be wild. And the great thing is with AEW, if they don't release people, they just, run out of their contract well if they're out of their contract they don't have to worry about a 90 day no compete or nothing they could show up the next night so you can see a lot of this happen yeah it may seem a lot more unpredictable with that which i which i like a lot and that could also be i'm not i don't think tony khan's playing like 40 chess like this you know like i don't think he's like this forward thinking to to like put all this together but i think as a wrestling fan the the wrestling fan side of tony khan probably likes that where he's like you know what i'm not gonna put these guys through 90 days and if they show up at another show it's just gonna get the wrestling world talking these are popping up on another show you know i don't think he's like trying to help the wwe but you know what i mean like it's also more goodwill for being honest because although the wwe pays a wrestler for the 90 day non-compete which you know i'm glad that they do that obviously but a lot of these performers just kind of feel like they're just getting frustrated having to wait and it's like yeah you know, it's 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 almost like another perk to going to AEW. Like, even if you don't wind up staying there long, you're not going to be stuck and and all this stuff. And you can take your momentum right when you're out of contract, go wherever you want. There isn't this whole messy breakup period or anything. It just they're done. You're done. You get to move on. So, yeah. crazy times, man. Crazy times. One thing I wanted to talk about too was uh, Brock Lesnar did the Pat McAfee interview. I don't know if you actually watched that, but I've never seen Brock like that. Like crazy personality. He's singing Oh Canada. Like he's singing along with uh, Pat McAfee and, and like really opened up with Pat because Pat knows him from doing commentary and SmackDown. So Brock trusts him and like totally let him be who he is and display who he is. And I thought it, it was really, really good. But he kept, he kept saying a couple things like this isn't where like guys need to learn that they can't just do the same move over and over and over again and think it's going to get over. <laughs> what the hell is Suplex City then? Yeah. Like, yeah. I think Suplex City completely ruined Brock. Uh, it, it made him so because he used to wrestle like a damn giant Kurt Angle, and then he just started to just be a power move guy. Suplex City, Suplex City, F five, you know, like just not the same at all. Um, and then he was saying that he needs a, some of these young guys to step up and get over. Mm, not everybody is built like you, and not everybody gets the opportunities that you got. So it you need the company to let guys step up and get over. And, and I feel like though, that that's not just Brock talking. I feel like the guys are not being accountable for what they're doing. And they're blaming the young guys on not stepping up. They're just like, look, we're giving them good material. They just don't do it right or whatever, you know? And, and like, 
they're talking about how low the morale is down there and like Cody, what are you doing? I'll never understand it. But but anyways, it's like only these young guys, only the older vets are allowed to really be over. Like in one thing that I noticed, man, like I was there. WrestleMania 32, Dean Ambrose versus Brock Lesnar. Dean Ambrose was so over, more so than I ever thought. Like, I wasn't going in there a giant Dean Ambrose fan, but, like, the reaction he got, all the shirts I saw, like, super over. And Brock killed him. Like, killed all his momentum because he didn't want to do any of the stuff. He's like, you don't have to do any of that stuff. We don't have to do all the weapons and all this other like spots and and like Moxley's like, dude, you can like F5 me through barbed wire. Like, I don't care. Like, I'll take all the bumps. And he's just like, no, we're not doing that. And like that would have gotten over huge for him. And so I just feel like there's so many opportunities like that where guys have their chances and they're not allowed to get over, and then they're getting blamed for not getting over. And then the old vets are like, cause I've heard Cena say the same stuff, man. Somebody needs to step up. So I don't have to keep coming back. Blah, 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 blah. And it's like, man, you have enough talent there. You just choose not to get it over. Like you look at AEW and look what they're doing. They're their young guys. And then look what WWE does with theirs. Yeah. Yeah. So like for, so Brock on McAfee, I was I thought it was really just interesting to see him like joking around and being like yes. a normal guy. Yes. Um but like it would be that, like it brought like at a frat party. Yeah. Like that's what yeah. It, that's what the vibe was. And but I think a big part of that is this is the first time really. I mean, he had like a short face run in like the early 2000s, but this is really the first when, time he's uh, when Big Show went heel. Yeah, when when Heyman turned on him yeah. to align with Big Show, and yeah. but since then, I mean, it's pretty he's pretty much always been a heel, and this is him like no Paul Heyman, like just going out there and like joking around and just like being a regular guy, which I really like because part of me is like, holy shit, this guy's been this dude this whole time. Like you right. could have made way more money with him having all this personality than him just not saying anything for two decades. I agree. Like, um, and. I, you know, so I thought that was interesting. Him saying that people need to uh, step up and all that. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that too. Like, that's a lot, it's a lot easier said for a guy like Brock Lesnar, who not only is the company behind, he's proven he can literally mother F Vince to his face and, yep. and, and still get his way. Like, it yep. doesn't, like, he's at a level that just like no one else really is in that company uh, as far Wins as like, the belt goes in the gorilla position and throws it at Vince. Exactly. Like, are you kidding me? Exactly. Has, has, has went straight to Dana White after his, his WWE deals come up and goes, Dana, what will you give me to come fight? And Dana gives him a number. Then he goes right back to Vince and says, Hey, you need to beat this number. And Vince says every time. Um, so he's just in a completely different position. Cena's in a completely different position. Now I will say, I wish there were more and I get why they don't do it. They don't want to lose their jobs. I totally understand. I'm not telling them that they should do these things, but as a fan, I wish we did see some people just kind of put it on the line and like do something or other that isn't exactly what they're being told to do. Especially if like you're a Mustafa Ali that you're ready to quit. 
you're ready to quit. You vote, you're over it. So just just go out there and give it one more shot. Well, look at what CM Punk did with the pipe bomb. That's like right. literally what happened. I mean, and and then it, it completely it completely reinvigorated his career and got him to levels he would have never ever reached had he not gone out on a limb and cut that promo. Like they knew he was going to cut a promo, but he went way farther than they expected him to with a lot of the stuff that he was saying. And that's yeah. what that's what some of these guys and girls like need to do in WWE, in my opinion. They need to go you know what, I'm going to take heat for this. Vince might punish me, but like, I'm already not happy here. So worst case scenario, I sit at home. Uh, best case scenario, they they look at it and Vince goes, you know what, uh, you're punished, but you have balls. And when your yeah. punishment is up, like, I'm going to actually do something with you now. Right. Um, you know, I think Vince still looks at things like that. Where like, he's, I think he is still waiting for like that next Shawn Michaels type dude that like he may not get along with, but like the dude's money and like, there's yeah. something different about him. Um, He needs that new Brock Lesnar, that, that new somebody who's going to really like, it doesn't matter if they go against Vince because you know what? It worked. And like, they just know, they just know what the fans are looking for. And, and at the end of the day, I, I know there's certain guys like Zack Ryder and stuff to a degree who like got themselves really over and they, they were somewhat punished for it. But I think that there, there, it is possible. I think to kind of go out on a limb and try to do some things. And if it's getting, if it's getting certain reactions, like that was the thing with CM Punk and the pipe bomb. And people don't really realize this. Like when he cut the pipe bomb, he was just like the leader of the new Nexus, like kind of an, a mid card, upper mid card type guy. Like he had yeah. been the the world champion, the the world like the the big gold belt champion, but like they never really made him the focus of the show right. and, and all that stuff. But after he cut that promo, Vince not only re-signed him, they bent over backwards and he got paid his merchandise and, and the amount of money he was making off that went through the roof. He got his own theme song and all like yep. the, the cult of personality and all that stuff. And like, yep. and, and it was because the response of the fans was so huge that Vince couldn't just ignore it and had to be like, you know what? I hate the things that guy said out there, but we haven't had anybody outside of Cena and merchandise and it's happening right now. Yeah. Like, you know, so, and that's the only way something like that happens for a guy like CM Punk. And, and there's, yeah. they have a whole roster of guys right now they're in the same position right now. Punk was when he cut that pipe bomb promo that are, that are stuck in this purgatory of like upper mid card status, but the WWE just won't go all the way with them. Those are the guys like, like the Finn Balor's and Kevin Owens and, and guys of the world who are getting paid good money. And it's like, now is it, is it all about keep, is it all about the status quo and just collecting the check for a lot of them? It is. And that's totally fine. But if you're creatively unhappy there, those are the kind of level of guys that I want to see make a move like that. Go, go from, go from upper mid card to like undisputed main event level guy, but like you got to do something to get there. Yeah. Um, this kind of transitions into Michael's question. Michael, thanks for the super chat. I appreciate it, man. Uh, what's up guys. Who would you say is the most underutilized talent in WWE that would excel to star status if they were allowed to just be themselves? I've got one. Go ahead. To me, it's Riddle. Like, I, I, I feel like if you don't make him just some, like, stoner idiot, bro, bro, bro. Like, he he is that guy, but he also has an angry side to him that where, like, if you piss him off, he is a badass, and we don't really get that part of him. 
I think if you just got like the perfect riddle, in my opinion, is the riddle that you got when Goldberg confronted him backstage. That was real. Yeah. Like, Hey, I'll kick your ass or whatever. Watch what you say. Like what, bro? Like, I'm just calling it like I see it, bro. And, but like, he's serious about it. Like he would, he would 100% be willing to fight Goldberg right then and there. And I feel like that they've just made such like a cartoon character of him. And they did the same damn thing with RVD. And I, I just, I think he's totally underutilized. I think he should, could absolutely be your champion. He's 35 years old. It's time for him to get a shot before it, you know, he's like 42. Like it just, it, I think he could be the guy for them if if they really went that route. Yeah, that's a really good one. Um, I don't think I could have a better answer than that. I'm obviously a big fan of his, big fan of his MMA career, pre, you know, pro wrestling and all that. Got to see him live in Chattanooga, Scenic City Invitational in like 2016, probably something like that. Um, big Photos on fan. Instagram. Yeah, it, it is. It is. There is proof. I took a picture with him in the trophy. Um, th- that's a really, that's a really, really good answer. Um, I guess I'll throw Chad Gable out there. Um, yeah. You know, I think he has a ton of talent. He's been in the system long enough to where like he should be utilized at, at a higher level. He's a legitimate Olympian, like no joke. Like, and, and that's something that's so undervalued, I think just in general. And I think Gable Stevenson will probably be a big deal for them too, whenever um, they can really use him full time. Um, but he's still at the university of Minnesota. So like, they're still probably trying to figure out with I him. I just think Chad Gable should have one of those like runs where like, whenever he's on pay-per-view, he's going to be able to uh, really display himself as a wrestler and have like those match of the night type quality matches. And I think you could get over like a Kurt angle or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, so I, and he, he's a very goofy character currently. Um, I yep. had to watch some of his, his stuff with Otis the other day for mm-hmm. something I was doing for fightful. So it very goofy, but like, that's kind of unfortunately what you need to do to like have a chance at advancing in the WWE is like have this character that they want you to have. Someone else that I'll mention um, that I do like a lot in NXT is Joe Gacy. Um, I, I remember him from CZW and like thought there was no chance he would ever be in the WWE. And his character is is essentially backwoods cult leader Bray Wyatt, like the the Bray Wyatt before he turned into the like Undertaker wearing all black kind of supernatural guy. Like when he was the Wyatt family. Bray Wyatt um this has that written all over it like Joe Gacy has Harlan who's basically his Eric Rowan while following him around and like but but Gacy is really good on the microphone he's very his facial expressions and stuff and he and he can go in the ring and he looks different but there's so many parallels between that and Bray Wyatt but the reason I, I say this is because I loved the original Bray Wyatt character like I hated that they changed him to so many times and, and the fiend mm-hmm. and all this stuff like I like the OG, the the straw hat, the the rocking chair, the Hawaiian, the you know button down like that was. And Joe Gacy gives me a lot of those kind of vibes, so um, I think he's got a shot potentially. Yeah, I think also Michael says Montez Ford. I think he could definitely be something. He's very impressive. He's got the Dante Martin ups. I mean, it just 
crazy, crazy uh, athletic. So, I mean, like, look, the WWE has talent. They absolutely have talent. They have a lot of good wrestlers. They should not be in the position that they're in right now when it comes to actual product that they produce. I mean, that's the, that's the tough part, though, when you suck but you're successful. Like, that's a hard that's hard to change when it keeps working. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're and, mon- and I, monetarily they're doing better than they ever have, which right. is that's the whole so, thing, right? So yeah. you've got, you know, fans saying we need we need you to change so we can watch you again. And they're like, I don't really care. You can do whatever you want. We're making a ton of money. So see you later. So I, I, I don't know. It's uh very, very interesting. But listen, at the end of the day, we spent almost an hour and a half talking about them. So I mean they've They've definitely, uh, they've definitely moved the needle this week. This week is their week. They've owned it. You know, we'll see what happens tomorrow with Sammy Guevara and um, Darby Allen. I think is going to be a great main event. I think they're going to steal the show for sure. Um, and then, do you understand the whole CM Punk and Wardlow thing? So, because then if they <laughs> won, he gets a match with Wardlow that because that, that's what he kind of said i'm not talking to you max i'm talking to wardlow but then wardlow is facing max caster to be a qualifier in the brass ring ladder match so are they now doing cm punk and mjf um no i think they're doing wardlow and cm punk at the pay-per-view but then why would he be in the qualifier for the ring match against max caster Maybe somehow Max Caster's gonna win that. Maybe like some like crazy stuff. Maybe like MJF, like because MJF and Max Caster have a friendship that like behind the scenes they train together. Right. Maybe there's something where like MJF forces Wardlow to lay down for Max or something. Maybe, but I mean, why even book that match if you're supposed to be facing CM Punk? That's that's all. I, I it just seemed like a kind of a weird booking and then not only that like tony basically says that he had to sign jay white for a couple of matches or whatever because he messed up on the forbidden door explanation his own definition of the forbidden door yeah right so like to me that that's the type of stuff i'm talking about where it's like "Mm, so so you roll there tony like you don't have to go that crazy and i don't necessarily want you to bring jay white in just so he can wrestle trent beretta and say thank you like if you're bringing in a Jay White, the leader of the new Bullet Club and all that, like, don't you think that it should be way more impactful than that? Well, speaking of impactful, he's been an impact for a minute now. I, um, I know. Along with the rest of the Bullet Club, and it's getting, like, no buzz. Nothing. Um, so, Because, let's be honest, the Bullet Club was, was the elite. Like, Dude, and also, I'm just going to say it, like, this is so irrelevant, but I'm just going to say it because I, it just needs to be said. People said a lot of stuff about me last week when I shaved my beard, and I can take that because I'm a man. But like, <laughs> why did Tomatonga cut all his hair off and shave all of his, his whole beard off? He does. He doesn't look like a star anymore. I know. Yeah. I know. I know how weird this sounds to say out loud, but like, he looked like he was a badass, like with his previous look, and now he just looks like a generic, just regular dude. He's not even a wrestler. He just looks like a regular guy. Like, yeah, I don't know what he was thinking. Uh, I guess to be more comfortable. I don't, I don't know. I mean, it is comfortable. Don't get me wrong. Like I get but like, that, but like, think about right now, pro wrestler, new, it's all about the image. 
who's over right now in New Japan? Like the only reason Okada, but always right. He, yeah. He's done. But like, yeah. and the only reason, in my opinion, that Osprey is still over is because he travels the world and he doesn't just rely on New Japan to book him. Like, he's in Warriors of Wrestling. He was in Hog Wrestling. He's in um, RPW in England. Like, he's still making himself known. But most of these guys are doing nothing. Like, and like, I've never felt like this low about new Japan in a long time, long time. Yeah. Um, no, I'm, I'm with you. And, you know, I'm obviously a big Shibata fan and like, it's really cool seeing that he's trying to get back into the mix and everything, but it's just unfortunate that it's happening now when like the company just has just such little buzz. And like, what the hell is Zack Sabre Jr. Doing like, I mean, nothing like yeah. none of these guys are doing it. Like Suzuki is doing a little bit because he's not actually signed to new Japan. Like he has an open agreement. That's why he's coming out with a storm collectible figure, by the way. But just like, he's basically replacing Jushin Liger. And that'll be a really good forward. figure. I don't have to yeah, see it. You know, that'll be a good figure. That, that Hollywood Hogan is fantastic. Yeah. Um, so, so, I I just don't know. And like, I know that new Japan has contracts and all this stuff, but man, like, I don't know how hopeful I am for their outlook. And I feel like if like the, the right calls were to be made, like some of these guys could be available. Um, yeah, I, I think so. And I think that's a big part of the forbidden door too. And I mean, and how much stuff in all honesty would have and could have, and definitely like, will still happen eventually that just hasn't because of COVID and travel yeah. issues and stuff. I mean, there, I'm sure there's just so much stuff. I mean, wasn't it supposed to be Tanahashi and, and um, Moxley at a pay-per-view like, yep. like a year ago. And like, I mean, so there's, I, I think that that's new. No company out there has suffered more because of the pandemic than new Japan outside of like ring of honor, I guess, technically, because like they went out of business basically, but yeah um you know um so yeah and, and we talked about that quite a bit before like there there's a lot of really good talent there like we just mentioned um like ishii and osprey and suzuki and everyone we've talked about shingo. shingo yeah um a lot of great wrestlers but then there's also like evil and all the stuff he's doing that just still isn't landing like it just, right. just nobody cares and like um, Naito's like almost retired. You got Kota Ibushi who keeps getting injured. You have Jeff Cobb who's injured right now. They didn't re-sign Juice Robinson. Um, there's just a lot that right now they just man, what that company used to be and what it is now, it's just night and day. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. But like like we've said, at least there's a lot of good talent there in the Forbidden Door still very much exists and obviously with jay white being you know showing up in AEW and stuff too so like i uh i think because here's the thing as long as guys like tanahashi and okada and like those kind of guys are out there at any point it's still a big deal for them to show up and do something with like a big AEW star you know what i mean even if we're not paying any attention to new japan all year like if i don't watch one new japan show all year but Okada shows up and you know stands face to face with Omega or somebody, you know, in an AEW ring, 
I'll be marking out even having even if I haven't watched Okada wrestle in years. So yeah, no, I agree with that. And so I, I guess what I want to hit on is dynamite from this week. Go over that, and then I want to preview the elimination chamber and then whatever else we need to get to. But dynamite, I thought was one of the best dynamites they've ever had last week. I thought it was a phenomenal show. And it's literally the recipe, in my opinion, what they need to do in the future. And I kind of feel like that's another thing with Cody. One of the things that they said all the time at AEW was they were going to be like a sports-based promotion and winning and losing was going to matter. And like it was mainly just going to be about the wrestling. And I felt like last week's Dynamite was like the perfect marriage of sports entertainment done right because there's a difference done right with a lot of great pro wrestling and i feel like moving forward if AEW does that then they can really get some buzz and really get people's attention yeah yeah i totally agree it was a great episode of dynamite from from start to finish um the one nitpick i have with the main event it has nothing to do with the match itself it's jr and commentary Oh, he said like, so when Dan Lambert gets up on the, on the ring apron, he starts, you know, unscrewing the, the top rope buckle. Yeah. He uh, removes the top rope. And right after he says that JR is like, or or I think, uh, you know, Excalibur is like, oh man, this is genius by, by Lambert. He's removing the top rope. So this is, this is making it so Hangman will not be able to hit the buckshot lariat. Like this is a big deal. It's taking a big weapon out of his arsenal. It's finishing move. And JR is like, well, yeah, I mean, it just means he can't hit it like a regular way. And I was like, oh, so he's going to do like a really cool um, buckshot lariat um, to win the match that like we've never seen before. That's exactly what happened. Like he totally telegraphed what was going to happen later in the match. Like, like, I was like, why would you even say that? Like, like a, a good commentator, JR, JR is the goat. Don't get me wrong, but like, he just isn't a great fit nowadays for for the show, in my opinion. But like, but it's like, he should have just been like, "You're right. What's he gonna do? We can't hit the buckshot." But instead, he's like, "Well, I mean, he can't hit it like the regular way." It's like, oh, why would you well, say that? Back then, too, like he would have been like, "That's so He's gonna ruin this for so and so, and they're never gonna give him a fair fight. Like he really sell it that this person is evil, and that like they're a coward because they won't actually fight this person fair. And now it's literally like he just woke up from a nap, and he's like, "Well, I mean, he could win a different. He could do it a different way." And you're like, "Thank <laughs> you, thank you." You know, like I, I don't, I. I I would yeah. be so so happy when he's no longer doing commentary. Mm-hmm. I understand, you know, maybe bring him in for pay per view. That's only four of them a year or something. You know, if Stone Cold's coming back, go go offer the WWE his rest of his contract and let him call that match. <laughs> I don't know. Like, it's time to. And this is another thing too. Is like, I think we're really at a point to where. We should know what works in AEW and what doesn't. And we're three years in now. Like, it's time to move on from Jim Ross. It's 
time to move on from certain people. It damn sure wasn't time to move on from Cody Rhodes, but they did it anyway. So whatever. But I, I, I just think that like that, that mix doesn't work. It didn't work when he was calling matches in new Japan. Like he doesn't have the same attachment to a lot of these guys that he did in the WWE. He's not as connected or feels the same emotion with these guys. You know what I mean? So, and it's yeah. not their job to slow it down so you can call it. You need to speed it up and learn how to call moves that are at a fast pace. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I hate to say it, but like the truth of the matter, in my opinion, is that at this point, and I I, I hate saying this because it sounds so brutal and it's a guy I respect so much, but he's like kind of like a charity case for the company. It yeah. feels like where like yeah. the WWE just like threw him away unceremoniously and he had all that terrible stuff happen, like his wife passing away and, and cancer and and yeah. it for him. And like he's been through so much stuff. And like, and at the end of the day, he is the best, in my opinion, the best wrestling commentator in history. Um, my 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 favorite commentary team ever, non-ironically, like actually is Don West and Mike Tanay from TNA. Like, I love that commentary team. But, like, I can objectively say, like, I think the best – and I know there's other people you can mention. I know there's people who love Monsoon and love Heenan and stuff. But, like, for me, it's JR. And, I mean, he was so much the voice of our childhoods that Kevin Owens literally learned English. He, he was yep. French-speaking, and he learned English through listening to JR so much on WWF commentary. Like, I mean, he's the voice of our childhoods when it comes to wrestling. Yep. And – but – but part of it feels like Tony is keeping him in the spot he's in so that he's not the asshole who throws JR out kind of thing now, you know, but like, right. I don't think he did. I just don't think he but adds like, really that... a lot to the show. Mm -hmm. But see, that's why, that's what I'm bothered by with Tony Khan's. It's like, yeah. Can you be that, that guy? Can you be that guy to say, look, it's just no longer working anymore. Like we appreciate everything you've done for us. So I, but you had no problem being like, sorry, Cody, it's not working. Like, what 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 is the what is the disconnect here where it's like certain people, yeah, I can have no problem. I have no problem telling Big Swole that she sucks, but like certain people, I can't go there. And I feel like some of it is a lot of the people that he grew up watching, like yeah. the legends. I think you have a hard time telling Chris Jericho that he doesn't think he can wrestle very well anymore. Like, I feel like he would – I'm not saying that's the case right now, but I'm saying if it gets to the point where it starts to look like Undertaker out there and it's like, whoa, like, we're taking huge steps back here, then can he have that conversation? You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm I'm, I'm with you, and I, I do think about that to a degree. And for someone like Jericho, too, like, let's be honest. And, and Chris, I mean, we're talking about a lot of my favorites, right? Like my favorite wrestler of all time is Chris Jericho. And yeah. for other reasons, like Cody's right there with him, like Co Cody and Jericho are basically my two favorites ever. And with, with Cody, it felt like his job was still like still halfway unfinished. Like there was yeah. all this other stuff he needed to accomplish and all these stories that needed to, we needed a somebody tweeted out like all the people he still hadn't wrestled in AEW, and I mean it was like yeah, the who's who, yeah, you know? right. yeah, and, and of course the whole like is he going to turn or isn't he, and and all this yep. stuff like there was so much in that. But when it comes to Jericho, as much as he's my favorite wrestler ever, and 
like I want him in AEW. He has already served his purpose for what he was supposed to be for the company. Like I agree. he was the original world champion. He put butts in seats. He got people yep. to tune into the show when nobody knew about AEW and it was just starting. And he was the real veteran to help set it up for the next generation. So he got like, the inner circle over. He got a yeah. lot of guys over. He, yes. I mean, like Sammy, there's no way Sammy's as over as what he is if he wasn't for Jericho. Like there's definitely, yeah. uh, he's been a huge part of the company. Orange Cassidy, MJF. Like there's been big long-term stories that Jericho has done with the younger guys. But that, I think he is a lousy baby face. And I, if you're already not going to be very good um, in the ring like you used to be and not wrestle that much, and then you're not really good as a character anymore either, that's where I'm a little bit concerned. But it kind of feels like he might turn heel on Santana and Ortiz because they, you know, they don't appreciate what he's done for him, for them and all that. And then he might turn into that, I'm Jericho and you owe me a thank you guy. And then that, that might actually lead to something pretty decent. Yeah. And I think if he turns heel, he'll change his theme song to a different Fozzie song so that right. people aren't singing with it. And like, he'll, that's the one thing Jericho always needs to get people's respect for, whether you like yep. him or you don't, he will consistently reinvent himself so that he never goes fully stale. Like he, like yep. it, if, if you as a fan think that Jericho might be getting stale, he's already been thinking I'm stale. I need to figure something else out. Like, yep. so I, I guarantee you, he knows how the fans feel about him. And, you know, and he's one of these guys too. Like, I'm sure you remember as well. There were a lot of these guys or not a lot, but there were some of these guys back in like the late nineties, early two thousands, like Matt Hardy and the hurricane and Jericho, these guys who actually have been paying attention to the internet wrestling community, like this entire time. Yeah. And Jericho is one of them where he's always yeah. looking for feedback, listening to what the fans are saying about him. Probably, probably vanity searches himself on social media constantly to like, just know what, what people are saying so that he knows like, all right, I'm getting stale. This baby facing isn't working. The fought, the, uh, the Judas chance might be getting a little bit, uh, quieter. So he probably has a whole checklist of like, these are all the things I'm going to do to change completely. Well, remember you have that catchphrase catchphrase that like was terrible and GFY. Yeah. Like nobody cared about it at all. And he died real quick. And I know that that's got to bother him too. So like, I, I feel like too, there's been nobody that like has reinvented themselves more than Jericho, possibly the undertaker, maybe like there's just people like that, that just constantly are, yeah, we need to change it up a little bit. And I think he's definitely due. I think he's definitely yeah. due to, to, to possibly go heel. I just don't think him as a face is the best at all. Well, and I think that, I think they're, they pretty much foreshadowed a lot of this too, because he called himself the influencer on dynamite and they just filed trademark for Jericho to use the, the trademark, the influencer. Yeah. So I think that's probably like his next character of some kind is going to be maybe the inner circle and him have this big falling out, but maybe he influences certain guys to like join him against his old group or something. Like, I don't know, right. but um, but there's definitely something in motion for some sort of character change for Jericho. Um, so, right. 
Yeah. And and I thought the tag match was really good between Cody and uh, or Moxley and CM oh, Punk yeah. versus FTR. I thought really that was good. a really good match. Um, I was really hoping it was Samoa Joe. It just would make yeah. all the sense in the world for Joe to come out. And then like people were already tuning in to see who the new people were, and so like that would have been a huge one. Um, but Moxley did a really good job with Punk. Very like good old school great tag team match. Um, so that was entertaining. So, and this is my thing. Like if, if you give me like a promo, which I thought the opening segment with MJF, just, I mean, over the top coming in dressed like a King and being held up and everything like the dude's money. If you give me like that type of segment and you give me a, a really good match, like I'm a satisfied person for a weekly wrestling television show. And then you gave me that main event and you gave me Keith Lee's debut and you gave me a Jay White coming in. Like there was just so much that came that went through that dynamite. That was just sick. Um, Jay defended her title real quick. Jay, like Jay defended her title to somebody we haven't seen, which to me made us pay more attention to just the typical Jade match, right? Because we haven't seen her before. And she had a nice um, shooting star press, got got signed to a contract. So yep. shout out, you know, EQA. Um, right. So just just a great dynamite. Um, real quick, thoughts on Keith Lee, his debut, all that. So the only negative I've seen about it, and I don't I don't necessarily agree, but I've just seen online uh people that are like, oh Cassidy or Isaiah Cassidy got too much offense in. Uh, because Heath did bump around a little bit for him and stuff. But to me, that the the idea of what we saw was if for some reason you've never seen Keith Lee before, you got uh, the full spectrum of everything that he is in like five minutes. Like yep. you saw how he can fly around, how agile he is. You saw how strong he is. He immediately threw Cassidy across the ring. Yep. The first thing he did in the air just tossed him. Um, he caught Mark Quinn's uh, front flip over the top rope after the match and did the powerbomb power on a and then powerbomb onto the apron. Um, all I mean, Keith Lee hit his, uh, his jackhammer type move that he does from the DVD position. I always forget the name of it. Um, and he teased the spirit bomb. Like he'll eventually hit that and everyone will go crazy because like of the way people you know, bounce off the, the, the yeah. mat when he hits it. So uh and I thought it was really smart. Cassidy wound up being like the perfect person to to just bump around for him. And then after the match, he basically took both guys out. And uh, they did, I know it's cliche and everyone's saying it, but they did more in five, seven minutes, whatever it was for Keith Lee in AEW than WWE did for him the entire time he was there. I will say though, he was treated really well in NXT. I'm not going to sit yep. here and say like, he was totally just misused. Like in NXT, they use him really well, but his whole bear cat thing and being on raw and all this stuff, they had him beat Randy Orton, like right away. And then just like, it was just all downhill from there for yeah. whatever reason. And AEW, you see him one time and you're like, Oh, this is what this guy's all about. And uh, now I I'm excited to see what he does in his next match. And he brings something really different to the table He'll be awesome in this ladder match. He'll do a bunch of crazy stuff. So, um, I thought I thought the the debut was a home run. Like I thought it was pretty much perfect. What about you? Um, so my only thing with it is, is like I thought it looked good, but I think he can do way better. I, it's not yeah. that he. 
I just think physically he's not there yet. He put on a lot of weight, a lot more Big. weight than what he was when he was in the Indies, when he was really agile. And I feel like that's the goal is to get back to, to that size. And then I really think it's like sky's the limit for Keith Lee. Um, but he, he did look a little out of shape. That was my only kind of concern. But I thought that the way that they booked him, it didn't really affect him that much. You know what I mean? So overall, I'm just happy he's in AEW. I think he's a possible main event type guy. I think like him and Miro would be awesome. Like, I think that, like, the him and – you now have another guy, another big guy to feud with the big guys, and then he can also have matches with the small guys and make them look like um, – make the small guys can make him look like a million bucks. Like, I think him and Sammy would kill it. Um, the, the, I, I, I definitely am, am mostly positive about it. I just hope that he can get into better shape. Not because I'm trying to criticize him on his weight, but, like, I just want him to physically be the best Keith Lee that got the buzz that everybody was talking about during his indie run, because that's when he was the most agile. That's when he was really impressive to everybody, you know? Yeah. And I think he's like 37. So it's like, this is your time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think he has a really bright future in AEW for sure. And I think that not that, not that you always have to, you know, hire people, spouses or anything like that. But I think Mia Yim would be a good addition to AEW's roster as well. So um, I, I kind of expect her to show up soon. And if she doesn't, I fully expect her to go back to impact. Like I, you know, yeah, she's going to pop up somewhere soon. Um, and then also I'll just bring this up real quick. Tom- I think it's tomorrow on dynamite, right? We have uh, Lee Moriarty versus Brian Danielson. Yep. And we have, uh, Dante Martin versus Powerhouse Hobbs, I think, also yep. on the show. And we have uh, Mercedes Martinez versus Thunder Rosa in an ODQ match. Yeah. So, so, and then MJF and CM Punk are supposed to have a segment. So it should be a it should be a good um, a good dynamite. Really, I mean, I think Sammy and Darby are going to kill it. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, really, I mean. And even, let's just, mm-hmm. I thought the main event was phenomenal. Like it yeah. was way oh, yeah. better than I expected. Adam Page, man, the guy's now just bleeding every match, but it makes sense for the Texas death match. The finish was really creative. And what I love too is he didn't have to fall down with Lance Archer. He could have easily just did the flip off the ref, hit his buckshot lariat, and that would have been it but he went with him through the tables as well. And I, that just made for like an explosive, just wow move. I was like, Whoa, you know, Dude, and the, 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 awesome. the blackout from uh, Archer to uh hangman on the steel steps on the outside. Yep. That he was brutal. Those, like, and, and now hangman's title defenses, then Brian Danielson, Brian Danielson, Lance Archer, like beat Kenny for the belt. You beat Kenny for the belt, but like people are like, oh, it's been kind of lackluster. And I don't, maybe they made the mistake of putting it on Hangman. Like, no, dude, every time that he's really defended that belt, he has killed it. And I, and I, Dave gave him like four and a half. I think they've all been five star matches, all of them. Well, and, and also, like, I actually think it's refreshing. And I like the idea that Hangman is just like he just cares about 
keeping the world title. Like that's what's important to him is like yeah. going out there, defending the title and being the AEW champion. Like there's not all this like all these goofy stories or all these weird reasons that he's wrestling people. It's like people that are ranked towards the top of the rankings that deserve title shots. And he's going to take on all the best that AEW has to offer. And eventually someone's going to get him. Like, it's kind of similar yep. to Cody with the TNT title. It's different in a lot of ways, but the idea being the same, where, like, eventually someone's going to beat Hangman, and that's going to... That's how this... That's how wrestling should work, is, like, Hangman was put on another level when he beat Kenny Omega, and now Hangman is taking that momentum, and he's beating the best guys in the world, back to back to back to back, and now he's building his case for being just, like, a really, really solid world champion and submitting himself as like a main eventer for AW from now on. Like he is established as one of the absolute without a doubt, top guys in that company forever. And whoever beats him, that's them next. Like, yep. you know, and that, and that's how it, sh- this is how it, this should work. You yep. know, you're constantly getting the next person over so that the company keeps getting bigger and better. Um, and I think that eventually I've said it a thousand times. I think eventually Hangman will lose the title to MJF. And I think that that will be the same kind of thing where then MJF, who's only 25 years old or whatever. Now it's like his turn to establish himself as, you know, a main eventer forever kind of thing. And, you know, just so on and so forth. But do you think that like he, Adam Cole is just going to face him lose and just kind of go away. Like, I feel like that there's gotta be something planned for Adam. With Adam Cole or Adam Page? Adam Cole facing Adam yeah. Page. He's the next guy. And, like, I right. just don't really see Adam Cole being that guy that's just going to have, like, that one pay-per-view match, and then he's, like, loses, and then he's on to something next. Because he's riding a momentum as well, except the Orange Cassie thing, but it didn't count. I, I think there's a chance. Not And, once again, I – I prefer when AEW stays away from more of the sports entertainment type stuff or like kind of screwy finishes in those kind yeah, of things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I, I could see a scenario that maybe at the pay-per-view it's Cole, you know, I think it will be Cole and Hangman for the title, like we've been saying, but maybe the end of the match, like the refs down or whatever, something happens or it's a no DQ match or something. And like, the elite is ganging up on hangman and there's no one there to help hangman and like Omega appears like on yeah. hangman's side, to like to help fight off the, the elite. And so then that way hangman still beats Adam Cole, but that leads right into Kenny Omega against the elite basically. Yeah. Um, and then you can have Adam Cole versus hangman page, sorry, Adam Cole versus uh, Kenny Omega and go back, with their history and everything and have like a big story between those two for kind of control of, of kind of what's going on with the elite or something like that. Well, and then you also have, which is kind of good that Cody's gone just in, and just trying to look on the bright side of things. It's like, you now don't have to be like, well, I like the elite, but I wish Cody would be involved or I like this, but I think Cody should be involved in this storyline or maybe it should be, the Young Bucks and Adam Page versus Cody, Adam Page, and Kenny Omega, you know, or Adam Cole and the Young Bucks versus, you know, Adam Page, Cody, and Kenny Omega, like old times, but like they're fighting. Like 
I feel like we would have always wanted to insert Cody into these like elite storylines because that's just how this thing was all formed. And I feel like now that he's leaving, it's easier to let go of things like that. You know what I mean? And then when he comes back, you're not even like when he comes back, I'm already planning it. But if he does come back, it's like you're not even banking on an elite storyline. It's just going to be whatever Cody's going to do. You know what I mean? I feel like he got so intertwined with the elite because that's really what took his indie career off. And that was part of the whole momentum. And we never really saw Cody without it. And the time that we did see Cody without the elite was in AEW. And that's when things started to get stale. So I just feel like that he was in a shadow that he couldn't really escape to just be his own man, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely get what you're saying, especially from the the fans and their views of him too and stuff like that is layers on it. Also, I think just the whole Cody just constantly being questioned about everything he's a part of. Like yep. in WWE, I'm interested to see it because I mean, dude, I can't tell you how many people I saw on Twitter today that like you go through their tweets and it's all this like. Cody needs to be gone from wrestling. Cody is the worst thing that's ever happened. And they're like these WWE Stan accounts that are now like, yeah, we got Cody back. And it's right. like, y'all are just so toxic. All you just, just haters to hate. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. It is, it is very weird to think about just kind of some of the stuff that's going on right now, but it is very exciting at the same time. I, yeah. I, I'm going to miss Cody and AEW a, a ton. For sure. Um, but I'm also excited to see. I mean, if Cody, like, I'll put it this way, if Cody winds up going to WWE Raw, I'll start watching Raw on Mondays again, just because I want to keep supporting Cody. I'm a, I'm going to be a fan of his. I probably won't watch the entire three hour show, but I'll try to figure out kind of what he's doing on the show and watch that. But right. Um, I hope at the very least, if if his if his main goal is to become the WWE champion before he dies, like this is how you would accomplish that. You know, I don't know yeah. if that's the case or not. I just, I think that's gotta be a big motivation. The money, of course, the undeniably, of course, the money's important, but you know, Cody has money and he was going to keep getting money in, in AEW. But yeah. the one difference with the, with WWE is he can win something. His family has never had in a company that his family has just kind of been made to feel that they're like a second rate type family. in like, Vince and, and Dusty had their history and Vince somewhat kind of took it out on Cody, it feels like. And now Vince is going to have the chance to either continue to punish the Rhodes family or maybe Cody is the the one who, because for all we know, Cody's main goal in life might be, literally might be to to bring that WWE championship to Dusty's grave and just be like, I did it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and, and who am I to say, don't go out and do that? You know what I mean? Right. So, Yeah, no, I agree. And I mean, this is his best shot this is ever going to have. Like, I, I really think that. So hopefully, he, and let's be honest, it's going to improve the WWE somewhat. It's at least going to make us want to watch a pay-per-view more. It's at least going to make us want to tune in a little bit more. So I'm, I'm for that. So it's not all doom and gloom. It's just such a weird, never thought you'd see scenario that now is just kind of setting in his reality, you know? Maybe he'll get the maybe he can work a deal where he gets the rights to like war games and Starcade yep. and stuff, like to where if he does leave the company again, he can use 
that those copyrights outside of the company yeah um, that's a whole other layer of this too is like the the battle for that the battle for his last name finally gets his last name and like he's heading right back yeah um, i know you know so like it's just wild how things have have turned out but also I'll, I'll end on this as far as all this goes like yes i get very down on the wwe product um yes i'm a massive AEW fan but at the end of the day i think everyone needs to just kind of look at it the same way as like your favorite wrestlers like they're out there to do what's best for them and that's not a bad thing like they need to look out for themselves and their families and do what's best for them and we there's no way of us knowing the real motivations behind why every time why someone's going to sign with a certain company and stuff and it's ridiculous the amount of people i'm seeing arguing and fighting with each other over these things when I mean, we see it in sports too and stuff, but I think it's equally as ridiculous. Like, you know, th- this is, these are just people that this is their jobs. And for whatever reason, Cody, you know, he has, he, he's probably going to head back to the WWE and I'm not going to turn on Cody Rhodes because of that. Like, I'm not going right. to, you know, I'm not going to just abandon my fan. I'm, I'm not that tribalistic. I'm not, I'm not somebody who just cause it's, you know, just cause it, isn't how I wanted it to go in AEW doesn't mean that I hate Cody Rose or that I hate AEW that I think Tony Khan's doesn't know what he's doing or anything. it's just it's just something that's happening and it just is what it is and like I said the best thing y'all can do whether it's wrestlers going from AEW to WWE or WWE to AEW or WWE to the independence or whatever is support them and follow them along like that's how that's how you do it like if you become become a fan of the actual wrestlers and don't care so much about the promotion itself I guess is like the best thing I could say is you know that's as I guess my big final message about this is you can have your favorite companies you can have your favorite wrestlers you can have all these things it's totally fine that's what makes it fun to be a fan of wrestling and you can speculate all day about the stories you wish you would see and, and the wrestlers you want to see push and all these things but become fans of individual wrestlers and support those wrestlers regardless of which companies they're in so and then i would also say we made this mistake um that we made this mistake with TNA, right? And one of the th- my biggest regrets with TNA was is that we became so tribalistic that we would f- defend them even when it was bad. Right. You're talking we, about you and Bill, by the way. That's correct. The, yes. Yeah, Stephen had nothing to do with this. <laughs> and then when it came to WWE, we would crap on it no matter what, and we missed out on a lot of good stuff. I mean, we were doing videos about TNA, plugging TNA, when, like, Shawn Michaels and Chris Jericho were having their feud and giving no respect to it. You know what I mean? We watched WrestleMania 24, and we were completely in shock that it was that good. Like, we did not expect that, and we didn't really want to give it this props either. And then we would be, like, defending, like, a fish market street fight or something stupid Right, <laughs> and we didn't like it, and we would say that sometimes, but we would never really like go ham on it because we were too tribalistic. So all I can say is, WWE could change. Things could all of a sudden flip, 
AEW could change. Things all of a sudden could get bad. You just don't know. So there's no point in brand loyalty. Yes, that's what you enjoy right now. But never stake your claim into something that this is always what it is. This is always what it's going to be. Because, listen, companies sometimes decide to improve. Companies also sometimes decide to make bad decisions and then things go bad way. Like, just enjoy wrestling for wrestling, right? Like, we enjoy GCW right now. Who knows what GCW will be in two years? It might be awful. It might be fantastic. We don't know. There's just no point in just being like, AEW for life, and that's all there is, and blah, blah, blah. And I understand why fans get upset with WWE because I was definitely one of them. You feel betrayed. You feel like everything that you gave them and they spit in your face and they ruined what you love. So I, I get that part of it. But there was also CM Punk and CM Punk and John Cena feud, which was fantastic. There's always something that comes around that is can't miss. Um, Roman Reigns has had a hell of a title reign. You know what I mean? Like there's certain stuff edges come back. Like you, if you've never watched WWE since edges come back, like you've missed out on some of some cool edge stuff. Like there's, there's always something there that you should at least try to check out. And I understand the Saudi Arabia thing. And like, you just won't support it because you don't believe in company decisions on a morale standpoint. Like I get it. You can't, I can't say anything about that, but I can just say that, Never just stake your claim. I've seen almost every company that I've loved turn bad, and I've seen it flip, and then I've seen it stay bad, right? So, you know, like, like even in mixed martial arts, man, UFC goes up and down. Like, it's never always just fantastic, and then it has a huge resurgence, and then it kind of goes down again, and it just, you know, boxing. Boxing was amazing. Boxing went down. Like, it, you just never know. So just try to support the wrestlers the best you can. And just, you don't have to watch the shows, but just kind of pay attention to what's going on. And if something sounds like it could be good, check it out. You know, I wouldn't necessarily, you know, like I saw Seth Rollins versus Matt Riddle on Raw. I was like, oh, that might be pretty good, but it's Raw. And I know that they just don't go all out on Raw. But if it's Seth Rollins and Riddle at WrestleMania, probably check that out. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I, totally I just agree. think it's all about the situation, you know? Yeah. But yeah, I will I say this. If it's AEW and it's a dynamite, you watch that it. could be a pay-per-view. That yep. could be a pay-per-view. Don't, don't think that Sammy and Darby is just some TV match. They're going to go for it. That's going to be a big match. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. Don't get blinded. I mean, I'm, I'm guilty of it too, but that, I'm the same kind of way though, where like, I just know kind of what Raw is and what SmackDown is, but like on pay-per-view, I, that's, uh, you know, that's a big reason why I still watch all the WWE pay-per-views because even though I don't watch weekly, even uh, like Roman Reigns versus Seth Rollins was a great match at the Royal Rumble. It's just the finish was terrible. But unfortunately, yeah. I, I expect that heading into a WWE show. So it's like, I can still be a fan of Roman. I can still be a fan of Seth. But I just have to know it with the expectations and check knowing like, they're same with like Brock and Lashley. I like both of those guys. But like, I knew something was going to, or, you know, something was going to happen. Like, they, they wouldn't just have a winner. Like, they just, 
you know. Right. And those are the kind of things I'm afraid of when, with Cody going back is like if he just gets put into that same type of stuff that everyone else has to deal with and you know, but but I will at least watch. I just don't want to see, see this it. pay your dues crap. Like I don't want to see this pay your dues crap. Like prove yourself loyal to the WWE crap. Like treat him like a star, and then you'll be in such better shape all the way around, and you'll have a new star. And that this is such better business. And and you have a way better chance of attracting other people to come over from AEW when their deals are up and they're free agents. Like you, you Correct. like you Vince should not be looking at this as, Hey, let's attack AEW and try to prove that we reign supreme. Like we did with WCW. Right. Like, no, like how about you bring Cody and you treat him like a top star? Cause he is a top star. And then when MJF's deals up, he goes, Hey Cody, how are things going over there, man? I see like you, like you got the title, like, you know, you're having great matches. Like, do you think I should really consider coming over? And then Cody going, yeah, man, like they treat you half as good as they treated me. Like you're going to love it over here, you know? And and that's, you know, and that's way better chance that they have of building their future, especially if NXT and all this stuff and their PC, their whole system now is built around finding collegiate athletes and, and failed pro football players and stuff. Like you can't, like you, you, the the future of your company very well could be the young stars that AEW is is training and putting on TV in front of millions of people. Like we were saying with guys like MJF and girls like Jade and stuff. Like there's that might really be the future of of how they get their stars. But you're not going to be able to do that if you're, you know, you you just bury Cody and then like you you know you bury Jericho when he comes back or you know you you bury MJF when he shows up. Then it's like then they're just not going to want to go over there. Just like a lot of these are guys are yep. trying to currently leave as is. So um, this is that's probably the best thing they can do. Change yeah. their reputation. This yes. is the best thing that they could do is to treat Cody well. And then that would really open the eyes to a lot of people. And also, I think this is a way it's a screwed up thing. And it's not saying this is the, the right thing or the right way to do the right way to treat people or anything like that. But I'm just saying, I also think this is possibly a way where there's a lot of the WWE audience that's very upset with the company, not just from a creative standpoint, but because so many people that they love keep getting, keep losing their jobs and like the roster is so thin. But I think a lot of those people, the the conversation doesn't come up or they have a different mindset. If like, yeah, the roster is small, but like we have Cena, Austin, Cody, Brock, Roman, you know, Kenny might come over one day, you know, like all these kind of things. And it's like, okay. Like even though we lost all these guys that I liked, look at what they're doing with the money instead. Like they're bringing like legitimate worldwide superstars back for us, you know? Um, So that, that honestly might be just a big part of the business plan going forward is have just a few full-time guys, eventually they'll incorporate augmented reality in the metaverse and all the stuff that we've been talking mm-hmm. about, but you really only need a few core people. And then if you can keep just throwing out massive amounts of money to get real stars, just to keep showing up when you need them for, for your yeah. pay-per-views, like maybe that's the, the, the model for a while. Who knows? Yeah. I just think they would be so so much better off without a brand split, and then oh, they I just agree. mainly focused on the main like have a have a good like forty five guys on your roster, 
and then just focus on on that and and not have all this crazy bloated roster where it's just full of rematches every single week from both sides. Like I, I really think if they ended that and you had Roman Reigns and Cody and Brock and you know Bobby Lashley and every Seth Rollins, all Matt Riddle, Randy Orton, all in the same show every single time. I think that that would really change their momentum and things. Yeah, and that's just how people seem to forget about how things used to be because yeah. there's this big mindset of like they get overexposed or like, well, they can't write good writing for this person for three hours a week. How can they do it for five hours a week if they're going to be on both shows and all this? We've talked about it before. It used to be all the stars were on all the shows. And when you watched Monday Night Raw, the big story from Raw would carry over to SmackDown. So you also had to watch SmackDown. And and we could talk for hours about the brand split and how it hasn't really worked. But at the end of the day, that's really all there is to say is like they've, they've done multiple brand splits now and for the better part of like two decades the brands have been split and all they really have to show for it in the early 2000s it was different um like they did create new stars in that scenario but we're talking like the last real ones were like batista and cena and then like since then it's been and then there was cm punk you know later on but that was a totally different scenario and that was organic um and he was never really in their plans to be a top guy and in Brian Danielson and that kind of stuff. But for the most part, like stars that they actually created, like that they that they handpicked and said, like, okay, you are going to, we are going to make you a big star in this company. It was basically Batista, Cena, Orton, Brock. Yep. It was like those guys. And since then, it's only been Roman since then. I mean, and it, I, I, I would have a different tone about this if we were talking about like, five or six different people that were all on the same level as Roman right now, but it's just Roman. So when you yep. just have one major star that's, that you have access to on a full-time basis, or in, I think Charlotte Flair kind of falls in this category too, where it's like, I guarantee you there are people that don't watch Raw specifically because Roman isn't on it. But if Roman was on both shows, they'd watch both shows because he's, because yeah. he's the star, you know? Yep. So. Yep. I feel um, you. We, we had a super chat from Dirty if we want yep. to hit that real quick before we get out of here. Dirty super chat. Appreciate it. Um, he said, Do you think Izzy could be the MMA GOAT? Possibly in striking, but like when Shemayev said that he would go through him like in a round, like I kind of believe him. Like I think Shemayev would just take him down and beat the living crap out of him. I I and it, we've never seen him face like legit wrestlers. Like we saw it with Blahovich and it didn't go well. Robert Whitaker was able to take him down a few times. Like if he had to face like an Usman, Dude, well, he had Yo- to face and Yoel never went for takedowns. I, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Yoel's so erratic though. He's yeah. such a weird fighter, especially as his early as his later age got to him. Like he just kind of just would wouldn't pull the trigger, yeah. kind of dance in there. So what I'm saying is, you know, like Olympic wrestler that like should have used wrestling against him. Yeah. And just didn't. But when um, it comes to striking, I mean, yeah, he's definitely way up there, but I don't think he's ever going to be mentioned in like a goat category. The only way I could see it is like, he completely clears out the 185 division, moves up to 205 division and wins the title there as well. 
then possibly you can talk about him as like a GOAT status guy. Yeah, I still think he's pretty far off from that conversation. Um, he'd be a lot closer to the conversation if he was beating some of these guys more convincingly recently, in my opinion. He like, did beat Brunson, I'll give you that. But, like, he – Brunson really wanted to stand with him. Like, that was a weird fight. Like, they talked a lot of trash. And Brunson, I don't think, respected him. Because before then, it was like – you remember when he faced – um the Hawaiian guy, and they were like, "Oh, this might be too big of a step for him." Brad Tavares. Oh, Brad Tavares, and uh, when he fought on Asanya, yeah. yeah, yeah, and and but like that's kind of the same time around Brunson, where now I think it would be a totally different fight, and Brunson would be shooting on the takedown all day long and all that. But but I definitely think that um, you know, a high high level wrestler would be a problem. Yeah, yeah, and you know we we actually did the watch along me doug and uh we had like five people on it was a lot of fun youtube.com slash fightful if you want to check out the replay of our fightful fight night for ufc 271 we did watch along for brunt or for uh tuyavasa versus lewis shout out to ty tuyavasa like he's yeah. in the mix for a title shot now that was an incredible performance and then also of course adesanya and whitaker too and i mean i thought whitaker won a decision now i don't think it was a robbery by any means. And I totally understand the uh, people saying, is he one? And I just think it was really, really damn close. And that's kind of my point is like, Izzy hasn't been ultra impressive lately. Um, I don't think that you can put him in the same conversation as guys like GSP or mighty mouse or John Jones or like these type of dudes. He, he just isn't on, on that level yet. In my opinion, Anderson Silva, like I know he beat Anderson Silva, but like, you know, yeah, he hasn't left that kind of mark in, in, in the sport like Anderson has. So The only thing I'll give him credit for is he's really, like, legit cleaning out the division. Yeah, like, literally twice now. He's, right. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, Robert Whitaker, he just beat, and Robert Whitaker beat Cannoneer. You know what I mean? And now he's facing Cannoneer. Like, there's going to be a lot more of this, like, MMA math stuff where, like, guys he's facing – don't seem like they're that legit because he's already beat guys that have beat them. Like right. that's how cleaned out this division is at this point. Yeah. I will say the only thing that could potentially screw up things for Cannoneer. Cause I agree. Cannoneer should be the next fight for Adesanya. He's the only one like that top five that hasn't fought Adesanya before. And Cannoneer's power makes things interesting against anybody in the division. But you know, he got worked pretty hard by Brunson in round one, but then he definitively, you know, beat him in round two. But for Cannoneer, like, I am getting a little nervous seeing Chimeov tweet that he wants to fight Adesanya because Chimeov is going to fight Gilbert Burns at welterweight. And if they decide, I mean, because Chimeov fights at welterweight and middleweight, they really could potentially just have him be like, you know what? He beats Burns. But things are taking a while for to to play out with uh, Edwards and Usman, and then like maybe you have to get like Colby and Masvidal back in there, depending on what happens with them and stuff. There there are things that might roadblock Tameyov at welterweight potentially, but maybe they go. But middleweight's pretty much cleaned out, so if yeah. you want to make a jump, like we will promote the hell out of the undefeated Tameyov, who is a beast wrestler against. Adesanya, who has not had to deal with a wrestler like that. And then imagine if he, like, steamrolls Adesanya. Oh, yeah. Like, finishes him in the first round. He has a way better chance of beating Adesanya than Usman, I think, too. You're talking about a star. 
Yeah. Like, would you agree whoa. with that? That like he has a like Jermanov has a way better chance of beating Israel than he does Usman. I think Usman would would he wouldn't be able to finish Adesanya like Chimaev would. Like I think Chimaev would just like literally just take him down and beat the living crap out of him. Yeah. But, what, yeah. Usman, what I'm saying. I think Usman could win. But I think it would be more of like rounds, like he won three rounds to two and he doesn't knock him out. And also I think Usman would get stuck in some uncomfortable submission, like strikes with like distance and all that stuff. So I definitely think Shamayev has a better chance, but I, I would like Usman's chances over Izzy as well. I think that they both would win that fight. Yeah. What, what I was really more saying was if I think, if Chimeov could fight either Usman or Izzy, like if he had the option at oh, either okay. of those yeah, titles, okay. I think he has a way easier fight against Izzy than he does against Usman. I agree with that. Yeah. Definitely agree with that. Yeah. Even hey, though it's a I weight it, class up, but I know it's late, but I think we did say that we were going to do the elimination chamber predictions or whatever. Could you just go over that card real quick and we'll just say real quick who we think is going to win? Yeah. Let's rifle these off. Um, if y'all have any last minute super chats, feel free to send those over. If you have any predictions for Elimination Chamber, if you have anything you want us to read out, we'll put it up on the screen. Um, you know, and if you haven't hit you. that like button, please smash that like button. Okay, so let's just rifle through with like the who we think is gonna win each match. Tell so me. we got Rey Mysterio against the Miz. You go first on this one. Wow. I haven't even paid attention to the storyline of it. I don't even know if Rey Mysterio is getting pushed right now. So uh, it, would the Miz be the one to win this thing? I don't know. Um, I think most re- – didn't the Miz – oh, no, the Miz and Maurice just lost to Edge and yes. Seth at the Rumble. That's why I just don't see him losing again. So I'm going to go with the Miz. Um, I'm going to go with Rey Mysterio. Uh, He's going to do some dirty. One, one, I, I'm going to go Mysterio mainly – because it's all this is also in Saudi Arabia and like Ray's probably like super over there. You know what I mean? To them, to yeah. them, it's probably like they send in the list and they're like, Hey, get us Owen Hart, get us Yokozuna, get us Ray Mysterio. And like, Oh, we got Ray Mysterio. Yeah. Yeah. We have him. Like, you know, um, we got Ronda Rousey and Naomi against Charlotte Flair and Sonya Deville. I'm going to say Ronda Rousey and Naomi win mainly because I I imagine Ronda Rousey will probably make Sonya Deville tap out as they head into uh, Charlotte versus Ronda at Mania. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. I'll go with that too. We got the Women's Raw Championship Elimination Chamber match. It's Liv Morgan versus Rhea Ripley versus Bianca Belair versus Dewdrop versus Nikki Ash versus um, Alexa Bliss. And I, I apologize, this is not for the championship. This is the winner wrestles for the raw championship at wrestlemania so it's the number one contender match i've got bianca i have bianca as well um i'd say that my i think there's a really good chance alexa could win because of like how heavily she gets featured in the company and all but bianca plus bianca they have is the best with bianca and becky and how like that SummerSlam match ended and they can run it back on wrestlemania and have like an actual match match like i think that's definitely makes sense yeah i think it makes sense um but i also think it's totally possible that just like the you know the title runs of the likes of kofi kingston and Big E, that wwe just might just be over bianca for whatever reason just not go back to her i, I don't yeah. know um, but I will, I will go with Bianca. That's my gut feeling as well. Is that is that they do what you just said? 
We got Drew McIntyre versus Bad Cat Moss in a Falls Count Anywhere match. Your first on I'm going to go with Drew McIntyre. So am I. I think Mad Cat Moss will have Happy Corbin in his corner. Just a lot to unpack with all that. Why, Um, Cody? Why? (laughs) Yeah. um, We got the Usos defending the SmackDown Tag Team titles against the Viking Raiders, who I didn't even realize. Oh, they're still around? Yeah. War Machine still around? Yeah. Um, I'm going to say the Usos retained because, like you, I didn't even know that that they were even like still involved. So yeah, I'll go with the Usos. Remember how good they were pre WWE? Like they were like the best tag team in the world. Um, we got they were like ROH's tag team division was so stacked. Like it was yeah. like SCU and the Bucks, War Machine, like yeah, Briscoe, Kings of Wrestling, Kings of Wrestling. Yeah, that was yeah. so good. Good stuff. Um. We have Becky Lynch defending the Raw Women's Championship against Lita. Um, my prediction is going to be Becky Lynch to retain, but I, it's pretty cool that this match is happening. Yeah, it's cool. Um, I mean, they're going to they're, I mean, they're gonna have to wear I hate long this is, sleeves. And, right. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Lita makes her comeback only to, like, wrestle in Saudi Arabia in, like, long sleeves. And, yeah, it's weird. It's a weird setup. Uh but yeah, Becky. All right, we have Roman Reigns defending the Universal Championship against Bill Goldberg. Um, you're up first on this prediction. Oh God, um, Roman Reigns. Yeah, I'm gonna take Roman also. And then uh, the main event. Well, I'm assuming the main event of the show, Elim- Elimination Chamber match for the WWE Championship. We got Bobby Lashley defending the title against Brock Lesnar, Seth freaking Rollins, and they make sure to put freaking on all of the, the the signage and the the promotional stuff. So that's like his full name now is Seth freaking Rollins. Um, Austin Theory, Riddle, and AJ Styles. I'm going to go with Brock Lesnar to win the title again. Uh, what? I mean, way to really go out on a limb there, but I'm going to yeah. do the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't see them visually having a C Brock loot because with the chamber, it's different with it being elimination style. Like someone would have to pin or submit him unless, you know, Roman, I guess could always like beat him up before the match or something. And maybe he never makes it into the chamber. I don't know, but I, but I also feel like the Saudi Arabia crowd might be a bit upset with that scenario. Cause like they're, they want to see Brock wrestle cause it's been advertised to them. Right. Um, so I'll say personally, I like this. I don't think Brock is. I think Brock's the last one out of the chamber too. I don't think he's going to be mid nothing. He's going to be the last one out of there. He's going to destroy everybody and win. Yeah, yeah. So I think that uh, Brock wins the title, which it sucks for Lashley that they finally put the belt on him and like he's been looking really good. Um, And I guess it's the second time they put the belt on him now, but. Uh, I think it goes right back to Brock because I just don't see anybody pinning or submitting him heading into WrestleMania um, outside of Roman Reigns causing it. And that's already the that's already the the promoted main event for WrestleMania night two is Roman and Brock. And I feel like you might as well just do title versus title and make it as big as possible. And then I would fill the rest of the card out with with unification matches. I'd have tag chance versus tag champs, IC title versus US title. I would unify everything um, and get rid of that brand like we were talking about. Unify everything and then have just like your big marquee matches. And I mean, honestly, that's a pretty solid WrestleMania. I agree. 
I totally agree. Um, so, you know, and, and just for what it's worth, like, I love AJ Styles. I, I wish they would, yep. you know, but I just don't see them going back to him right now as their champion. Um, I still think he probably has unfinished business with Omos. Like, that might be WrestleMania for him. I don't know. Um, I think it's but, Edge. I think they're going to oh, yeah, do it. AJ, and I, I mean, I like that matchup a lot. We've never seen it. Um, so yep. I'm all for that. Um, I think it would be really interesting if somehow Riddle got out of the, the chamber as the champion, mainly because at some point they will do Riddle versus Orton and like, they might as well do it at WrestleMania and like, why not have the title on the line? You know, I have no problem with that, but yeah, I, I think the most, I think the most likely scenario is, is Brock just wins. So yep. there you go. All right. Well, uh, thanks for watching everyone. Make sure to support unkind esports. That's unkind esports on all social media and unkindesports.com. Check out their website. If you're a gamer, if you play Halo especially, they're looking for people to play video games for their organization. There's a lot of pro wrestling fans over there, a lot of MMA fans over there, a lot of like-minded people over there. And I think you'd be happy to be a part of their community. So go support Unkind Esports because they support us right here on this show. And then as far as the rest of the stuff going on with me, Fight Talk underscore is my Twitter. You can find all the stuff I do at Fightful.com and FightfulSelect.com where I've got the Weekender podcast. Um, do the spotlight every Thursday with Jeremy Lambert at 2 p.m. Eastern. We're going to be airing an interview with my buddy, John Mosley, who's a commentator and ring announcer and promoter um, in independent wrestling. He's going to be our guest on the show this Thursday. We recorded that interview today and uh, I'll be live tomorrow. If you're catching this live or uh, you catch the replay between now and then, but tomorrow morning, the plan is to go live with Jesse Davin at 11 a.m. to do uh, some detailed predictions for Elimination Chamber, and we'll also be giving away a WrestleRumble entry tomorrow, too. So if you want a chance to get in on the action at WrestleRumble.com, um, that's the the place to uh, to try to get in, would be tomorrow with myself and Jesse. And everything that I do, I keep updated on my Twitter, which is FightTalk underscore. If you want to use my code FightTalk and IndependentWrestling.tv, that helps me out, too. Awesome. Yeah, and we didn't go over any GCW stuff. I believe there is a GCW card this weekend, so guys look into that. I think oh, also, Atlantic City also, that, I think yeah, so. That, that reminded me, this Saturday night, um, myself and Denise Salcedo will be doing the live post-show review for Fightful for Impact No Surrender. They have a show um, this Saturday wow. night. Moose vs. W. Morrissey is the, the title match. So if you want to watch that live, that'll be Saturday night. So during the day we have Elimination Chamber, and then at night we have uh, Impact, and there's a, a UFC show, but it's a week card with uh, Johnny yeah. Walker and uh, Jamal Hill as the main event. But yeah, um, And yes, there is GCW Atlantic City this weekend, so we won't have time to talk about it today, but we will, uh, we will definitely give you thoughts on it uh, next week right here on the show. Yep, so... Thanks for tuning in, guys. It's been a really good show. We had a lot of people tuning in today. Really appreciate it. Really appreciate all your support. If you haven't, please subscribe. Please like that video. Share this out. And uh, I'm sure we'll have a lot to talk about next yes. week, and especially with all the stuff coming. Who knows what will happen? And I'm yes. sure we'll find out more about Cody and everything else. So yeah, if you're new, every Tuesday, every Tuesday, yep. 10 p.m. Eastern. We're usually about 10, 10 p.m. Eastern time. So if you're new, thank you for joining us. We appreciate it a lot. And we are here every single Tuesday, 10 p.m. Eastern. So if you like what you saw tonight, we would love to have you as a part of our little wrestling and fighting community here. Absolutely. Take care, guys, and we'll catch you next week.